Hello, everybody. I just want to take this moment and wish Mr. Logical a happy, happy birthday. What is it? There you go. <laughs> well, yeah, because see, yes. I'm TV laying at me. <laughs> you are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports is Order. There's the birthday boy, Mr. Logical. Drink about grandpa juice. Your guy, 2-5. So, we got a lot of football. College and pro. So sorry, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Get well. Then we're going to talk about Team USA. Couldn't even get a medal. What does it mean? We got the Olympics coming up. LeBron talking about getting the band together. Because stacked is what we do. <laughs> but yo, let's get into it. So, Mr. Logical, watching a lot of sports this weekend. Lots of football. like Lots, lots of, of football. Lots of joy in my life. You know, so I know. I know you had eyes on Texas and Bama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone had eyes on Texas and Bama. The eyes of Texas are upon you. I just like seeing Matthew McConaughey happy. (laughs) He's just like an excitable dude. Yeah. I saw the video of him, Pat McAfee, and their little squad. And the guy caught the touchdown right in front of him, like the ball was coming. <laughs> and McConaughey, he's such a diehard Texas fan. Just yeah. a Texas guy. Any movie he's in, I enjoy. Even a terrible one like Fool's Gold. I think he has Snoop Dogg in it or like Anthony Anderson or something. Uh, all right, all right, all right. It's a classic. <laughs> classic line. The guy in 10 days. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the, the guy, just he just he can't miss. Um, so... Like I said, I didn't think that Quinn was going to be able to hit those deep throws because he just wouldn't hit him against Rice. Maybe just with the sun. Maybe. Because that, <laughs> that temperature change is substantial, man. Like like I said, as, as, a, as a father of varsity football players, that 7 o'clock kickoff versus we had an 11 o'clock kickoff the last day, like the 31st of August, a little warm. And then we had a 7 o'clock kickoff. In the same week where it was like it was crazy hot, we had a little rain at 7 o'clock kickoff. It just kind of brings the temperature down. It brings you down mentally. You can kind of calm down. And I think maybe that's what it was. Or he just kind of knew, or I think Texas knew that even though it's Bama, even though they're in Bryant Denny, even though they're in Tuscaloosa, it's crimson everywhere. It was like, yo, these dudes aren't executing their game plan and impacting ours. You know, sometimes teams are going to score. You know, Houston scored a couple, we'll talk about NFL, but Houston scored a couple times on Baltimore, and it was like a scramble. They were down a couple possessions late, and it was like, oh, if you get a touchdown, two-point conversion. But really, Baltimore is not thinking, oh, man, Houston can really come back on us. Mathematically, right. it was possible. Right. But I think Texas is new that Bama just was – they were a step behind – and a few key positions, 
but Bama doesn't. I don't think they really like. I know I'm, it sounds like I'm falling off on my pick, but I think sometimes you can kind of get locked into what your strengths are. Like we're good. We're good defense. We've been a good defense for the entire tenure that Nick Saban's been here. We don't play passive. It might have been a few times where they should have been like, you know what, let's keep two safeties back. Just in case. Just right, in case this right, transfer right. from Georgia, you know, this six foot four, 220 pound wide receiver, you know, who's built like a Mack truck, maybe he'll get over the top. We'll have some help there. But like, nah, we're gonna go man to man on that. Okay, let's this 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 small wide receiver, it's tough as nails, hard to tackle. Let's let's keep a guy over top. Let's help our DB, who's probably 20. Let's help him out. Nah, we're gonna go and run our plays, and then you gotta do your job on the back end. It's like I need help doing my job. And I think a couple of times they just didn't do that and ended up in two touchdowns. Yeah. Like two big plays, two like take the air out of the stadium kind of plays. So I think I think that was that was that was probably the big pieces. Like Texas made those big plays. Alabama's cornerback, Milrow, he didn't feel it didn't feel like he knew if I get to my back foot, this is where the ball has to go. It felt like he got to his back foot. Saw whatever rush was coming. How do I get out here, get some space, and look for another pass option? How do I not run? I was like, because I was at a certain point, I was like, yo, just go. Just go. Like, the pocket's collapsing. Slide, slide, go. And he would slide, 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 and then try to go and get sacked. It's like, Michael Vickett. Well, you know, I've learned that it's one thing to have talent, but what matters is how you play against talent. So, like, for example, back in the day, you might remember a guy named Jamarcus Russell, you know, could throw it from his knees, 90 yards, could throw it out the stadium, all these things people used to say about him. And But whenever I used to see him match up against teams that had the same level of talent as his team, LSU, it just didn't look right. You know, or there would be times where you watch Andrew Luck in college and, you know, he looks like the quintessential quarterback. This is what a quarterback should be. Then you put him against Oregon. Here comes a pick six. Like it was just the way that it worked. But the difference was is that he played well against everybody else. You know, now when I'm looking at Jalen Milro, I'm going back to last season going back to the game against AM. Now I know AM's tough. They're a tough opponent. I don't want to say that he played bad against bums or something, but it was a home game. You know, and he just kept fumbling. Like he kept losing grip on the ball. And you could say like, oh, he's nervous, you know, whatever it is. Like, okay, it was one game. But then watching him against Middle Tennessee last week, Middle Tennessee State, I was like, how does this prepare him for Texas at all? Like he's not seeing any speed. He's not he's not able to replicate anything. And I know you got people in practice that spy and do all the things that the other defense does. But it's a little different when somebody's coming at you full speed with their hair on fire. Yeah, and, but does that, do you really need to prepare for Texas, or do you do you need to prepare for your game plan? Like, just I don't think he was ready. 
don't think he was or, ready for anybody. <laughs> yeah, like it just it just it didn't it looked like it looked like he was operating like someone who should be ready because he's been in a program for a few years mm-hmm. and was he was making decisions like someone told him to not oh that's that's a that's a flag. Touchdown Stefan Diggs. Oh man, he was full oh, body across that line the, of scrimmage. The referees are meeting up right now. So oh, you know full it, body. I know one if you have any part of your body behind, but the, right. the black line I saw on TV. Yeah, the refs are talking ball, about right? it right now. And you know, of course, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, Mr. Aaron Rodgers has left the building. You know, looks like some kind of ankle injury. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what the update is on a sack. And Murray's he's in the locker room. Back. You see how big he looked? Uh-huh. Latavius, yep. He, he looked like a defensive lineman. He was shaking, he was shaking Stefan's big hands. I was like, people tack what I do. Oh, uh, they gave it to him. So here comes, uh, the, here yeah. comes the extra point. But but like I just no, I don't know. Like I just I just think that if you're gonna play basically the point being if you're going to play competition, you should probably play competition beforehand. So like this weekend, for example, Georgia hosting South Carolina. You know, Georgia should wipe the floor with South Carolina. But they played like Tennessee Martin and Ball State the first two weeks with a new quarterback. So there's going to be an adjustment that he may have to make to playing against South Carolina speed. And we'll just have to see what that looks like. Whereas with Milrow, you know, he played against AM and he played a second game last year. It's escaping me right now who it was against. But he played two games last year, and then he didn't play the rest of the year, and here we are now. And he came from Middle Tennessee State to Texas because, like I was telling you last week, I feel like Texas was just full-on Alabama mode as soon as fall practice started. Like, they played rights last week, but they were just, like, in my mind, they were just like, yo, Nobody get hurt. Don't take any unnecessary risk. Let's just get on to Tuscaloosa because they had Bama on the ropes last year, and that was with Bryce Young. Quinn Ewers looked great against Bama last year. That was his first test last year. Yeah, that was his first test last year until he got nailed in the chest. Little late hit, but whatever. He got yeah, knocked he out the should, game. He still got benched for his beard not connecting anyway, but let's keep going. <laughs> you know, and, and Texas lost that game by one. Shout out to Texas. So, so, so that's why, for me, it was easy to pick Texas because they were right on the brink of beating Alabama. Bama needed a field goal as time was running out with Bryce Young on their team last year. They still don't have good wide receivers besides Jermaine Burton. You know, all of their running backs are – not necessarily brand new, but they haven't played a lot. You know, the offensive line is not a typical Alabama offensive line. If the as quarterback as... made throws, that's how the wide receivers end up looking good. Because college football, we'll talk about uh Well, they just don't Colorado get separation. Nebraska. It's just like Clemson. It's just like Clemson. They just don't get separation. Yeah. You the, know what I mean? the quarterback has to throw it when they're open. No, remember, though, you were talking get... about – you were talking about Matt Jones, and you were saying, like, well, yeah, every time I saw him throw the ball, Devontae Smith was wide open. because Devontae But he was Smith also had... thrown from a clean pocket. Almost every Mac, every – the Mac Jones draft night highlights, the Robert Meachie draft night highlights, and the Devontae Smith draft night highlights were all the same. It just was like Mac Jones in a clean pocket throwing the ball deep to Devontae. Mac Jones in a clean pocket throwing the ball to Meachie. Bryce Young, when it was his turn, 
he had a little bit more chaos in the pocket. Um, and he had to fight through a little bit more. I just think Milrow just didn't really handle that well. And I don't know if I don't know if the game plan was for him not to get two reads and run. But when you have an athlete like that at quarterback, sometimes you might need to switch it up. And that's that's what I think. I think I don't want to say the stubbornness of their success. But it's like, yo, he was going through too many reads in his progression. They should be like, yo, you get two. You get get one, two. If it's not there, get on the edge. Get on the edge, put pressure on the defense that way. Because he was sit he was sitting in the collapsing pocket and he wasn't sliding. He was trying to jump through it. And dudes were just grabbing his feet and stuff like that. So shisa, my well, well, you know, like um, you know, he 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 threw two picks. You know, uh, he went 14 for 27. You know, new offensive coordinator, you know, uh, and people were out there saying. Why didn't Nick Saban pull him? And my takeaway is I don't know when that moment was. Because you remember we talked about the Harbaugh thing, and a lot of what I was saying was the flow of the game, like the way that the game was going. Each game is its own individual story. Well, in this particular game, when was Bama supposed to pull him? You know, they took the lead with with, uh, 44 seconds left in the third quarter. You know, so you're going to go – Okay, we just got a touchdown, took the lead, let's pull the quarterback. And then Texas came back down, took a minute and 24 seconds to take the lead back. Where are you supposed to go, oh, crap, Texas took the lead, let's take the guy that threw a 39-yard touchdown pass out the game. So, like, I don't think there was a moment, like, unless you were going to pull him after the – the evaluation at halftime should have been – it should have been a real consideration because the touchdown that it caught, but it was like a penalty that brought it back, it went through a defensive back's hands. Another play that he had was nearly a pick and then caught, and then it was a penalty. He just he never looked sure of himself. So I think at halftime, they should have really considered like or maybe the other quarterbacks just aren't that good, you know, because like like I mean Joe Burrow sat behind a couple of guys. Well, I think well, sometimes it at- could be it could be just like I said, it just could be like a staleness with your well, philosophy. Simpson Simpson is young. Ty Simpson is young. He's probably going to be the future. You know, uh, Buckner came from Notre Dame, which is where Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, came from. So the talk is that he understands the system. He knows what Tommy Reese wants to do. Problem is... Goddamn Zachary. The, the problem is he got hurt last year and missed the season. So he may know the playbook. But we don't have any proof that he can actually execute the playbook. Some so, of the, some certain quarterbacks are just better at oh look at this dude flicking the camera off. Bro. <laughs> he probably hit the checkdowns because sometimes it's just a matter. Of, okay, for instance, I just watched Jack Zach Wilson throw an interception trying to force the ball into a tight spot. Get the ball to your athletes. You have athletes everywhere. Get them on the edge. Get them in the flats. Hit the checkdown. You don't have to force the ball to, you know, into these tight spots, or you don't have to look into these tight spots and not have the confidence to throw it, and you got to take off and take an unnecessary hit. I guess he had you too know, much so, fun with the milfs last night. Yo, and that throw was just ridiculous. It wasn't going to get through either way. Man. Well, you know, do I, like, do I personally know a Jets fan? 
because where I live in Jersey, it's a lot of Giants and Eagles fans. Not that many. The Jets don't really matriculate that this far south from uh, Floral Park. I don't think I know any. I don't know. I just know a bunch of Giants fans that just be like, eh, it happens. But, but That's what I, I heard that a lot today. There's something about Texas that brings out the worst in Bama. You know, because every time I watch college football, especially when Bama was going on their national title runs and everything, I used to always, as we were watching games, I used to always say, why don't they ever call holding against Alabama? Like, I'm like, you know, I would like go, I would feel like I went whole seasons without seeing a hold called against Alabama. You probably, you probably seen this stat. He's played 1400 snaps, zero holding calls. Yeah. Ain't no way in the world. I mean, he'll go in the first round draft pick as a guard or a tackle. <laughs> yeah. Mark and Blair said it best. He was like, listen, I held every play. Yeah. So, <laughs> so last play. year, so last year in this matchup, Alabama had 15 penalties for 100 yards. In this matchup, 10 penalties for 90 yards. It's just something about Texas. Like maybe they're, I don't, it can't be speed because Alabama it's plays talent. against LSU. They play against Georgia. One, two, and three. Florida, <laughs> Georgia, Florida, Texas, California. Those are your top high school prospects producing the college football. So even if you're not, even if the program is down and you don't have, maybe you don't have the quarterback and you lose games. Like we talked about, Texas was rotating 22, 23 guys in on defense, uh-huh. 12 defensive linemen. So if you have the the wherewithal and the foresight to bring in that many guys, that means one through 12, you're, if you graded them one through five, like, all right, these, my starters are all fives. This guy here is a four, and these additional like four or five guys are three and a half fours, and I can rotate them in. If you're if you're a defensive coordinator, you're like I got twelve defensive linemen, and my I got my four starters, and these other eight guys could start on any other school on our schedule. Then I think you just know like oh, I got the upper hand. So when a guy needs a breather, you get it early. When your defensive tackle needs that breather, you get it to him, boom, on second down. You bring a fresh guy in. James you bring Cook a fresh guy like in. Brother. James Cook looking yeah, so. like his brother, but they got the penalty, though. But, but yeah, like I, like, I get it. But, but you know, it's just weird. It's just odd, you know. But, uh, but Bama, there's no reason to panic. You know, you go to South Florida this weekend down in Raymond James. It is so a reason that, to panic. You got them losing two games. You, this season's done. <laughs> It ain't over yet. They ain't lost the Come second on, game. Five. They ain't lost two the second five. game yet. It's Come not over. Birthday, B25. It's not over. It's not Just over. Call it over. It's call not it over. over. Come it's on. Not over. We, need, we need you to call it over. That way, when we do the short for YouTube, we can say on September 11th, <laughs> 25 said Alabama was done. Well, I got them losing to Georgia. Well, I, mean, I got them losing to Georgia in the SEC title game anyway. So Bama's done. Somebody else at home. So Bama's done. You know I thought you had them losing another home game. No, I did originally. I had them losing to LSU, and then I punked out. out. No, no, no. I did it before the game. I just punked out because I let you get into my head because you were like, you got Bama losing at home twice? And I was just like, yeah, that is wild. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that is wild. I'll take blame for that. But I, but, I got them losing, but I got them losing to Georgia in the SEC title game. So for all intents and purposes, Bama's done. 
I got Bama practicing one of these other quarterbacks. Oh, well, that's lot. what I'm saying. Just yeah, they, 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 yeah, they got South into Florida. The net a little bit more. Like, listen, man, let me get 75 throws into this net. Like, <laughs> what would you do on this? Like, hey, they're playing cover three. We got flat route, post route, drag route. Yeah, I'm trying to look at the line route. right now. Where are you throwing it? Why are you throwing it? Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes, like, you know, you're, you're, you know, you, you have the player on your staff that can, can change. I'm just, I'm not so advocating Obama, for this guy. So, so just in case you were wondering, just in case y'all are wondering out there, according to my score app, Alabama is a 32 point favorite over <laughs> South Florida down in Raymond James. So, oh, I'm so, I'm so, betting that right now. <laughs> so, so this I'll is a chance to get. This is a chance to get Simpson and Buckner in there and get some reps if you want to check them out because Bama still has to go to A&M. You know, they still have Ole Miss, you know, who plays them pretty tough. You know, uh, they still have the Iron Bowl at the end of the year. They still have LSU coming in. They still got Tennessee coming in. So, you know what I mean? Like, they got to figure it out real quick. So you let's let's look this up. We're not advocating for gambling, but just two people who are talking about what the gamblers have, you know, presented for us. So we got NCAA football. Uh-huh. And I just want to throw out there as so since we're talking about college football, you know, Team USA need to go and holler at Travis Hunter because he was out there taking ankles the other day. Yo, um. So number three, Florida State, real quick, is a 26-and-a-half-point favorite against Boston College. I don't like it. So if that interests because, you at all. Like we always, no, I don't like it. We always go there when it's the bandana game, and that's like the hardest oh, game. Oh, that's post-9-11. You know what I'm saying? That's the hardest game every year. Like, BC comes out, like, gangbusters after for that red bandana. So I'm not touching that. I think Florida State can cover it, but I'm not touching it. But uh Notre Dame 34 and a half over Central Michigan. I like Central Michigan to cover that. Georgia 27 and a half point favorites over South Carolina. See, and this is the game that this is the game I want to see because, you know, can South Carolina Keep it close, you know. Like I said, Carson Carson Beck hasn't played the speed yet. Yo, I'm about to parlay and get paid. Okay, okay. Do Iowa, twenty eight and a half point favorites over Western Michigan. Hey. Iowa, so the team that has Iowa. a clause in well, there. Of- I got you. I got you. I got you. So they beat Iowa State for the Cyhawk on Saturday, twenty to thirteen. So now, by my calculations, for Brian Ferentz to keep his job, he's fired. The Iowa needs to average twenty five point six points in their last ten games. So right now, the meter is teetering on fire. But they're already cheating for him because, like I said, they won twenty to thirteen. One of those scores was a pick six, though. Ooh, that doesn't count for him. Hey, so far that doesn't count. Like, they're, they're counting count. it so far. You know what I mean? They're counting it so no, far. Not the people we'll, in the we'll building. See. They're trying to get rid of Kurt Ferentz, too. <laughs> we'll see. But, but yeah, so uh, so Iowa got the Cyhawk. Um, how about Miami? 
uh, Tyler Van Dyke two years ago. Everybody said he was going to be a top 10 draft pick. You know, he came into last season, looked like a bottom 10 draft pick, you know, with the new coach Mario Cristobal. Now they go out here and put 48 up on Jimbo. All right. So uh, simulated snaps. I saw that. I didn't get a chance to read it. Did you read that article? He was complaining. I, I saw that- it. Yes. I, I posted it in the group last night. Yeah. Okay. So what is he saying? He's He's basically saying that Miami was... The way I understand it, they were they do the clap. Do they do the yeah, clap like they were yeah, like trying to entice the linemen. You know, because because this is a thing though. Everybody does it like from high school on up. This is a thing. Yeah, this this isn't new information. As long as you don't verbalize, as long as you don't flinch. Yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers would get hit with that because he would go hard count, but it's and Drew Brees got hit with it a lot too, because he would go hard count and he would like lean forward. Yeah, like he was waiting but, on the ball. But also, but also, in addition to like a false start, even if they don't false start, the lineman or the center, I guess, will snap the ball anyway. Like even when the quarterback's not calling for it or is not ready for it, so once they hear that clap, they just toss the ball back. You know what I mean? So the play is already in disarray. But they still scored thirty three points. First of all, you know what I mean? They had a seventeen to seven lead. Miami muffed the punt. You know, like, so the game was all in their favor. But then Van Dyke came through, 21 for 30, 374 yards, five touchdowns, 12 and a half yards per completion. That ain't got nothing to do with no snap. That's The only snap was him snapping on your ass. Jimbo is lucky that they gave – Franklin and Tucker and Saban and Kelly and Lincoln Riley these big guaranteed deals because he's in that same boat because his buyout I think last year was like 82 million 84 yeah, last million I, saw, I believe it's I believe it's somewhere between 72 and 76 million this year so either some Texas AM billionaire is gonna slide through like as a donation and write it off to get rid of him, but that well, means this is when you when you bite off more than you can chew. Sometimes, well, this is the don't panic where bowl. you are. Well, this was the don't panic bowl because even if Miami would have lost this game, they still have chances against Clemson and Florida State. You know, to get their signature win. You know, um, when you look at A and M, they still got Bama coming to them. You know, they still got LSU. They go to Knoxville. So you have more opportunity to get that signature win or to make that progress. You know, right, you're so an FSU fan. Is Jimbo Fisher known as a uh, like, for instance, Jim Harbaugh? Jimbo owes everything to Nick Saban and Jameis Winston. No, no, no. Like I'm talking about, like just as 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 an operator of the team. I know, like Nick Saban doesn't panic. He won't change quarterbacks. I know he won't panic. He'll stick to what he's doing, and he'll just he'll he he might be tough. Jimbo's a yeller. Is Jimbo the kind of guy that will just ride with you? Got I have faith in you, coach. I have faith in you, quarterback group. I have faith in you, running back coach. Yeah, that's his weakness. You need to make it happen. Yeah, he's stubborn. He he, he won't panic and like not necessarily panic. He won't make a. He won't do a lot of 
he won't make a lot of changes. He's I'll put it like this. What he got. I'll put it like this. The reason that Bobby Petrino is there is so that Jimbo could stay there. Because Jimbo was of the, my offense works, these players just aren't executing it. So he had to get somebody in there that can execute so he, the offense. So he had to get somebody in there because now, because because before Bobby got there, it was, yo, Jimbo, this is your offense. Like, your coordinator is coordinator in name only. This is your act antiquated offense from the 90s that you won't expand and modernize. So you either fix your offense or we're going to fix you is basically how that went. So he got Petrino in there and Josh Allen. I don't know what's up with this guy, man. Like, I don't know if he likes the contact or what, but he just searches for injuries and somehow never gets hurt. But, um, he's you a know, giant person, but, but you know, like, so, so Jimbo, it was either you fixed the offense or we're getting you up out of here, basically. So from my point of view, anything eight and four or less, Jimbo could be out of there. Oh, real quick, I just want to throw this out there. We had the we had oh my god, Stefan Diggs playing tonight. Trayvon Diggs played last night. Some brothers in the NFL, same mom. I dig it. Super dope. Delvin Cook, James Cook playing tonight against each other. I think mm-hmm. that's pretty dope. Their mom's probably somewhere in the audience, just kind of like wearing a half and half jersey. Yeah. I think that's pretty dope. I, I just I just noticed that. I was like, that's pretty dope. On top of the fact I'm watching the Peyton and Eli Manning cast. Oh, so I think that's pretty dope. All right, Buffalo, 13 to 3, 16 seconds left in the half after this field goal. So, you know, um, so yeah, so so Jimbo's stubborn in that way, where it might not be tied to the player, but he won't adapt the play call and he won't adapt the system. This is what I do, and you're gonna do it. So they had to get Petrino. This or, organization is predicated on what I presented it as a solution. Okay, I get it. Right. So, so they had to get Petrino or somebody of note in there. Like, uh, we thought it was going to be Garrett Riley from TCU who ended up at Clemson, but it ended up being Petrino. So we'll see. You know, um, but no reason to panic. You don't like giving up the forty-eight points, but you know, this is what happens you know, when you it's open. early. You know, yeah, you, you, this is what happens when you open your season with New Mexico. Is it early enough to say that Deion Sanders is going to change how college football coaches get hired? Yes, and he's going. No, it's not too early for that. That's absolutely true. And I Deion, think it's way too early for that. I don't think it is because I like, think it's one hundred. It's only one Deion. I know, but now you, but now copycat. You just go find a player like. Nobody's Dion, but you just got to find somebody no. with a little charisma to sell. Before Dion got his teeth fixed, he had a Jerry Curl and a bunch of gold chains pre-draft. Hey, you he keep on playing and drafted. watch you go see Michael Irvin on somebody's sideline. <laughs> not, not in a million years. Or Richard Sherman on somebody's. <laughs> Richard Sherman's different. Richard Sherman is a, an analytical guy. He's a he's an art. He's a uh, an academic. He went to Stanford. You know, Tennessee State went and hired uh, Eddie George, and then, you know, there were people out there last year when when Texas A&M is not hiring. When when Jackson State came Lawrence Taylor would be their head coach. Like, let's let's think about it. Definitely not Lawrence Taylor. Definitely not Lawrence Taylor. Let's think about (laughs) the potential players. Like, Florida's not going to go hire 
That's, who's in coaching that's But there were no rumors. But there were rumors that when Dion left Jackson State, you know, the the first rumor that started was Cam Newton. To where? To to replace him at Jackson State. Why? That was the first. That was the first. Does make any sense? The first rumor. But so there's an avenue, you know. But but more so, more so, like Dion is the don't hate the player, hate the game guy because he's showing these coaches how the transfer portal is supposed to or how it can work. Once again, I think that's just I think that's just a narrative they put out there preseason and make it look like he he yes he had to transfer a bunch of guys in because he had a team that went one and eleven. Not many people get hired by a team that went one and eleven the previous season and get any kind of media coverage. If UTEP went one and eleven this year and they hired. Michael Wilson to be their head coach. No one's going to spend an offseason flying reporters down to El Paso to figure out what you're going to do about your quarterback. But because it's Dion, they sent people to Colorado. But if we looked at Texas, they had Georgia transfers on their team. Look at Alabama, they had Georgia transfers on the team. <coughs> when Alabama went to the SEC championship against Georgia, they had Ohio State transfers on their team. I think. Everybody uses a transfer portal, and you you just – I mean, it, it puts a coach on edge. I just don't think that – because I've, I've seen a few different uh, podcasts and different little pundits talk about Dion is changing the way that it, athletic directors are looking at hiring coaches. I'm like, well, Dion, no. no, but Dion, Dion in and of itself is a different – he's a different world. No, this is the, this is the first time this is the first time we saw a complete cleaning house. Like yeah, like you know Florida State brought in a lot of transfers and you know usually Florida State LSU rank very high on and USC rank high on the transfer portal recruits as far as what they brought in. But Dion literally brought 50 to 60 new people in there. Like, that has never been done. That's never been seen before. He just had the cachet to do it. Now, there's you can argue that there's not a lot of people out there that could pull that off. But you know it's, what I mean? It's it's him. him like, I'm sure Nick Saban could get 60 dudes if he wanted to. Nah. Nah. You don't have, he don't have, he doesn't have the, Nick Saban is dope in college football and he's dope in commercials that you can play during college football games. There's only a few people that have this, uh, a friend of mine, he talked about it. He said, his mom said it to him. I want to get the right word. It's not Messiah complex. It's like, like a Messiah quality. I'll use that Mm -hmm. phrase better where no matter where you go, people just follow you. No matter what you're doing. Uh, you could be doing nothing. And like a good friend of mine has it. And I told my youngest son, I'm like, dog, you have it. I'm like, I don't have it. So if you want to know how to live with it and deal with it, because he's like, you know, he plays all these sports. He's popular. He's tall. He's handsome. I'm like, dog, you're going to attract people off that anyway. And then you have this added element that people just look. I watch him. I've, I can watch him at his football game and he'll walk and people just walk with him. The managers, the trainers. Players who aren't, they just, they just follow them. 
I, like I said, my boy, I'm like, yo, I, I'll put you on the phone with Dre and y'all can talk about how to handle this situation. I'm like, you're going to have to handle it because you have that kind of quality. Dion has that quality. And I think he knew it from the moment he once he I think once he realized it, because most guys come out of college, they're not flashy. Think about how every player looked at the NFL draft or the NBA draft when they showed up and got their not a lot of tattoos. The suits were, I mean, now the suits are getting kind of like flamboyant or whatever. Dion was in the track suit with the gold chains. Talk about, I told the Giants, if they try to draft me, I'd, I'd ask for so much money to go put me on layaway. This was before the Falcons drafted him. It wasn't like he had a team that was right. going to pay him. This right. was the pre-draft interview the day of the draft. So think about Bryce Young uh, at... Five o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, the draft, the first draft pick is, we'll call it eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Imagine him getting interviewed at five thirty, saying, "Hey, if the Panthers want me. I'm asked for so much money have to put me on layaway." Like, who says <laughs> that before they get drafted? Dion said that he still was right. a college student. People, regular people, don't do that. He is not a regular person, right? So what he does physically, what he what he did with his personality pre-draft, what he dealt with his athleticism on the field, and what he's doing with his coach acrimon on the field, it can't be duplicated. I think every school should just be like, you know what? We'll let Dion keep doing his thing. And if it works, it works. I'm not firing. If I'm Florida, I'm not getting rid of my coach to try to get Emmett Smith to come in here and be our head coach <laughs> next year. Because he's in a Hall of Fame and he's, you know, like, I'm not doing it. If I'm UCLA, I'm not bringing in Troy Aikman. Hey, what about Percy Harvin, though? I'm not bringing in Percy Harvin. <laughs> I'm not. I, I might bring in one of the Pouncey twins to help me with the offensive line. But that's not. Hey, somebody somebody can go get. Somebody can bring Michael Vick in. I'll bring Michael Vick in as a uh, RG RG three as a motivation. Like I'm not trying to be like me, but like as a motivational speaker because he he's really adapted to that role. But I'm not bringing him in to be my passing coordinator. He said it himself, like, "Listen, man, I didn't even read, I didn't watch film or read the play." <laughs> he was like, "They called it," and I was like, "Okay, so and so supposed to be here, 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 and if it's not open, I'm running." He said Andy Reid taught him how I'm to surprised, like really I'm surprised Warren Moon never got a call from somebody back in the day. But yeah, like uh what, what, I think guys don't like the, don't like the limelight. Dion's one of those guys that like the limelight. That, yeah, he he invites and he relishes yeah. in it. Yeah. So so you know, uh, but yeah, so game day going to Boulder this weekend for the matchup with Colorado State, aka the Rocky Mountain Showdown. You know, that they I was fortunate. Of them. I don't know who was, so, so the good news is, the good news is, you are correct. They're going to beat the brakes off of Colorado State, and then that sets up next week at Alton Stadium up in Eugene, Oregon, Colorado, paying a visit to the Duckzilla. So you know, so I'm here for that. And then, and then after Oregon, they got USC, Shador versus Caleb. I don't like the way Caleb plays sometimes. I Uh-oh. think he can slide. Hold on, Hold on. before Not you say that. All right. Just, just to get you back to your gambling roots. You know, according to my app here, Colorado is favored by twenty-three. 
over the Rams in the Rocky and Mountain they just Showdown. Won, they just won 36-14 against yeah, the Bradford, They usually right? they used to yeah, they used to play in Mile High, but it's back on campus now. It used to be like a legit rivalry game. I had a I had a yeah. friend of mine lived in New York. That's probably one of like one of the most drunk nights I've ever had in New York City. We met up because it was a guy who went to Colorado State who owned a bar in Manhattan. And somehow, you know, my friend he discovered this bar. And we went there. And that's why I was like in New York City, the brighter the lights of the bar, the cheaper the drinks. So you can get a Jack and Ginger Ale at a bar that's very bright, like as bright as this room. Yeah. Call it ten dollars. <laughs> you turn one of these lights out, $12. If it's dark and there's neon lights on the wall, $18. Like, that's that's the <laughs> night I discovered, like, the price. And, like, I'm getting the same drink. We went from this bar to the next bar to, like, some bar in, like, Hell's Kitchen or something like that. Um, but I remember that. So, 20, I mean... The Nebraska points. game, the Nebraska game was different because the second half is when they built the lead, and that's the thing with the, with these spreads. It all depends on, you know, how quickly you build the lead. For instance, if Bama was playing, yeah, I keep using Mercer. I don't even know where Mercer is. It's in Alabama. And if, and if the spread was twenty eight points, or is it in Georgia? Well, it's one Bama might Bama might go into halftime with a twenty point lead. They'll come out to give the starters one or two series. And, you know, maybe if they get a couple of points, now you're up 34 points. And they'll take Make the starters out of the fourth quarter. Make so with the Colorado State or Colorado-Nebraska game, <clears throat> after the touchdown by Sims, it's 13-7. So then Colorado just had to keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. And then when Stur Sanders, when they went for two, when they were up 29-7, they went for two to be up 24 points because that put them up three touchdowns with three two-point conversions. So, granted, it's a substantial point number, and it covers, you know, if the spread was that high. But the the way the way they 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 orchestrated it, it was it wasn't the same. Sometimes you get out to this lead, you're up 28 to three or. 27 or three <laughs> or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So you might be able to rest guys and then the team gets a, you know, they get a BS touchdown. You back up running back fumbles and get a scoop and score. But your offense still kind of efficient. You end up winning the game 41 to 17. But that's why it's tough because some of those teams, like I watched the Northwestern Rucker game. Rucker, Northwestern was down 24-0 with like 12 seconds left. They were just inside the five. And they just went for a touchdown just to see, just to get something good on film, which is the most asinine thing coaches do. Dog, you got beat all game long. No one's going to forget that. <coughs> you hey, you trying to build morale. For football. We you don't want to get shut out. We we scored seven points against the backups. It's not like we put – like <laughs> they put their backups in. We put our backups in. And we got seven. It's like they put their backups in, and we had our seniors starting offensive line out there. Speaking of which, they Rutgers, Rutgers held Temple to seven this past weekend. Two and zero, Rutgers, the Scarlet Knights. I'm telling you, man, watch with out your Hokies coming in this weekend. Yeah, they're gonna beat them. 
You know what I'm saying? You, you, I, I don't know, man. I think you should you should take that trip. I mean, it's honestly it's not far. Let me see if I it's can find free, that. Because like you can't really like you gotta like park and take the bus to the stadium sometimes. So it's kind of like so you gotta wait for the bus when you leave. Look at that. Rucker's favorite by a whole six and a half. Ooh. Nah. I'm telling you, I'm gonna put a parlay in by Friday yeah, I, night. I, I don't know. I might put the, pick the Hokies to cover that, but you know. But yeah, so so you if know. We end up in a new studio next week. Y'all know why? Because I'm gonna hit that parlay. Because there's way too many twenty plus point spreads. Yeah, thirty before point we, spreads. And before we move on, you know, we gotta, you know, I gotta go there real quick. You know, Mel Tucker, you know, head coach at Michigan State is under fire. You know, he allegedly. Um, had a conversation with, um, sorry, I forgot her name just that quick, Brenda Tracy, who um, is a rape survivor, got gang raped back in college. Um, and now she has a group called Set the Expectation that goes around. So she's and a talks, sexual assault advocate. Yes. And she goes around to universities, primarily talking to young men, you know, to get the message out there and train and talk and all that good stuff. So she came to Michigan State twice that we know of and spoke with the players. Um, so allegedly, according to Mel Tucker, they formed an intimate relationship that it sounds like she's denying. And then allegedly he, uh, he masturbated on the phone with her, you know, and made her uncomfortable and all this kind of stuff like that. So now he's been suspended without pay. There's some Title IX hearings on October 5th and 6th to look at his situation to see what they're going to do. Of course, this story dropped. I saw it at about 1 in the morning when I was playing NCAA 14. You know, I saw it at 1 in the morning. USA Today dropped the atom bomb and put the story out there. He has since come out today and said that they had a consensual relationship. What he did was consensual, so he did admit to the phone sex. You don't he, even admit to nothing. And, Stop trying to listen. As a criminal justice degree recipient, my undergrad, do not try to defend yourself in the court of public opinion. It's irrelevant. It is completely irrelevant. Half of the country thinks OJ did it, and the other half believes they did it. But he didn't go on there and make a press conference to try to defend himself in a court of public opinion. Do not try to defend yourself in a court of public opinion because it's irrelevant. If you didn't do it, say nothing. And if you did do it, say nothing. Like, there's no point of you coming out with this statement, offering details about the consensuality of the relationship, whatever it was, whatever it is, do not come out here. Keep your mouth closed. And let people who operate under the realms of the law handle your case. Secondly, if you are owed $80 million from a school and you know that you are a mediocre coach, you should not be doing anything outside the realm of any kind of good conduct. I don't want you speeding. Don't run a red light. Don't run a stop sign. Pay your tolls. Do whatever you got to do because they're going to try to forfeit your $80 million that you're owed which is coaches get the best contracts available. Yes. Can we say maybe that Michigan state is motivated to save $80 million and you Definitely. can come out and say, no, you're not going to ruin my reputation. 
when it comes down to it, today is Monday. By Thursday, something else will happen. And by next Friday, another scandal will pop up. It is a sad 24-hour news cycle that we exist in. I get that your personal pride is on the line. And whatever the, the extenuated circumstance with you and this woman are, if you cross the line with her, you are an idiot because she literally is your sexual assault advocate. Why would you sexually harass the person whose personal life plan, life goal, life ambition is to teach people how not to behave this way? And, so and the statement, the statement put out by his lawyers, went off a little rant there. Do that time, time. And, the, and the statement from his lawyers also let us know that allegedly, after the incident, two months after the incident, she sent him a text message to wish him a happy Father's Day. So he, I guess, was totally blindsided and caught off guard that she felt this way or that she would accuse him of this, you know. Uh, but like I said, it was originally reported in December it sounds like you know and here we are September 11th and we're going to see what happens if he keeps his job or not if not yeah, if not man. if not I got two candidates that you know I could see Michigan State looking at you know Jimbo saying, Fisher no Sean Lewis who you'll know as the Colorado offensive coordinator you know, the one I just said, Kent State is a head coach. Yeah, so so so, so, so so I like him as a candidate. You know, I've heard Mark Stoops' name thrown out there. You know, by a couple of people from Kentucky. You know, is it one of those things where he's gotten Kentucky as far as they're going to go, and if they don't go any further, the fans are going to turn on him at some point. So you know, those are the two candidates that stand out to me. So we'll see what happens with Sparty. We'll see if he even loses. I mean, I imagine he's not going to be the head coach there. Even if they don't fire him, there's going to be some kind of agreement, you know, for him to walk away. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But the show must go on. Week one of the NFL concluded yesterday. Lots of action. Hold up. What's that? Oh, Tua with another 50-yard pass. That's what that was. Tua got a water pistol arm, and he was slicing the Chargers defense with it. <laughs> uh, so I was watching all the games. I was watching a bunch of games. I had three on mute, one on my TV. Uh, so I had Atlanta, Carolina on TV. I like Bryce Young. I think if he was 6'2 and a half, I'd be worried. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not like I'm not trying to be like just mean about. It. I just think that that I, if he had more size on him, I would be concerned right about him going forward. I just don't think that I just don't think that the playing the undersized quarterback is going to pan out. I think people use Russell Wilson as Drew Brees and Russell Wilson as their benchmark, but they are two. You got three Super Bowl appearances. I'm, granted, I'm not counting Super Bowls, but your quintessential six, two and a half plus quarterback is the, it just, for whatever reason, she just seems to be the guy that can get you over the hump. Uh, Bryce Young being five, ten and a half, five, eleven, or six, one. Uh, I just, I just don't have a lot of faith in that. Carolina, I'm not. Their owner is a, a big money guy, made a lot of money in 
he made he made billions rather quickly. That is not really synonymous with patience. So I can't imagine that they're going to wait around for the development of Bryce Young. Frank Wright seems to have a good effect on coach, you know, owners, and he can stay around for a while. But the fact that they gave up DJ Moore, it was evident yesterday because when it was third and whatever, there was no wide receiver threat on the field to press the Atlanta's. The Atlanta's defense played top, like they played like an upper echelon defense yesterday. But there's they would bring Chenault into the backfield on some of those long downs. Like, okay, so you're gonna bring your most essentially your most dynamic wide receiver because he can run the ball, carry the ball, very big body, but he has like the agility of a punt returner. They were bringing him in the backfield for plays. So it was like, yeah, I thought they were going to use anything. I thought they were going to use Thielen as the safety valve, you know, but he only had two catches for 12 yards. They were using Hayden Hurst and Jesse Bates jumped that route twice, Mm -hmm. but he did get a pass off to Hayden Hurst, um, which is good. Most, most quarterbacks, you use the big tight end, the big tight end in the middle of the field, all his reads or whatever, but everyone's dropping this way. Get your tight end 12 yards from the line of scrimmage, big hands, big target, 6'4, 6'5, 6'6, just a big target for your small, your young quarterback. Not even small, just your young quarterback. Like, I'm right here. Just hit these big hands. They're normally the same size offensive linemen for the most part that can just run routes. And a couple of times he tried to get those passes off, and Bates just jumped it because there was no, there's no vertical threat. Mm hmm. You can just drop one safety in the middle of the field, and Bates was just kind of like that's why he got the strip on Miles Sanders or the, the punch out on Miles Sanders and two interceptions on uh Bryce Young. So how about that great combination of Pitts in London? Uh yo, Arthur Smith. Like I, I text you. Mm-hmm. They got the turnover at the 35 yard line. And I'm sitting on my couch, I'm like. Just, just create a yeah, one-on-one you matchup. You said, you're the offensive coordinator. What do you do? You and I said, I'm going play action over the top. That's what, Over right? the top. I'm going to run pits. I'm going to run a post route with pits. And I'm running – I'm either running a go. I'm running – I'm just running the, the man – because even if it's cover three, because, like, cover three is a zone defense, but as a as a cornerback drops, it becomes man-to-man. Just like I'm not even going to be cute. Just, I got my six foot five London. I'm throwing the go route. You know, at the 35 yard line, yo, can you get it to the back pylon? Just throw it to the back, like we'll protect on it. Just throw it to the back pylon. I dare you to stop. So we get Drake <laughs> London in the air on you know the corner, and Horn was out. Their top ten draft pick that they had from the year before, he yeah. was out. He was out the whole second half, and this is when a turnover happened. So that same drive, they go third or first and 10, run to the right. Second and seven, run to the left. Third and six, run to the left. And I'm just like, you didn't take a shot after a turnover. So I think that's going to hurt because I watched, I was like, I was watching multiple games. Anthony Richardson was slinging that thing. I get it. His percentage wasn't great. 23 for 37. It's not it's a not great a bad percentage. percentage. Yeah, it's not bad, but it's not great. A couple of picks, and he ran the ball too much. He got hit a lot. 
Like they should have called more. They should have called. He he was on the sideline standing up with his helmet off. Yeah, I know they got him. They they already listed him as questionable for week two. Where you going, Zach Wilson? You know, he just ran like 20 yards backwards, but, you know, he threw it away. Um, Yeah, like I was impressed by Anthony Richardson. Um, He looked a lot better than I expected him to. You know, uh, I was really impressed with. I was unimpressed with the play call in the end of the game, though. Did you see that? Remember how we talked about, like I've said this multiple times before, just because these guys are hired into these organizations doesn't mean they know more than what the average person knows. Mm -hmm. You're down 31-21. Jesus. Zach, like I said, I'm behind you a little bit. You almost ran out of bounds. (laughs) You're down 31-21. You need a score. Not a touchdown. You need a score, onside kick, recovery, and a score. Whether it's a touchdown, onside kick, recovery, or a field goal. Two times on fourth down inside the 10, they went for it instead of just kicking the field goal. Kick the field goal, then come back, kick an onside kick, because you had to recover the onside kick no matter what. Steichen, what does he do? Goes for it. With their backup, even after Richardson got hurt and had to go, they go with Gardner Minshew, had been in the game all game, kicked the field goal on the fourth down. He doesn't do it. Uh, Arthur Smith, like I said, just didn't make the play call. Uh, Brandon Staley. Speaking how of do field you, goals, 13 to 6. Buffalo. How are you always behind the eight ball with Justin Herbert? Oh, side note, let's lock this down now. I wrote it down. Justin Herbert is a new Tony Romo. <laughs> All I know is the Chargers need to pay Austin Eckler like yesterday. They already, yo, know, he's already on the hook. We know. But uh so Justin so Justin Herbert uh or Kirk Cousins over Justin Herbert, huh? Oh yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Kirk Cousins over Justin Herbert. Yeah, let's hear this. Like, I mean like I didn't, I didn't even pull up the stats, but I remember having this conversation multiple times before. Kirk Cousins has better stats than Dak Prescott. He has. I'm gonna just get pull up the comparison. We'll get Chat GPT involved, maybe. <laughs> well, you know, there. Brandon Staley. Like, I don't understand what the Chargers were trying to accomplish yesterday, because J.C. Jackson was their big pick up last year from New England at corner and I like JC Jackson uh it started off bad for him in LA last year he got benched and then he ended up getting injured out for the season and then what do you do first game back you go defend Tyreek Hill you know besides the besides the fact that this man picked up a pass interference on a Hail Mary that wasn't even in the end zone. That changed the game because Miami <laughs> won by two points. Yeah, they got that field goal there. You know, uh, like, I don't know. I don't want to say he shouldn't have been out on the field. I don't want to overreact, you know, because I'm he over. Get a pick, though? Yeah, I think he did get a pick in the end zone. He a, yep. Yeah, he yeah. got a pick in the end zone. I think, you know? I think Yeah, but Tyreek Hill also had 211 yards. And he's on pace for 3,655 yards. He had 200 yards on the Tampa Bay defense the year they won the Super Bowl. He just he just does that to people sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. You just got to do something. Like, you can't have your dude coming off of surgery 
as your first line of defense, you know, at least, you know, you got to at least bring the help every now and again, you know, um, but Eckler saved their bacon yesterday and kept them in that game because Justin Herbert was very pedestrian. Now, I don't know if that was Kellen Moore's design, you know, or if that was just what it Miami felt, was giving felt, them. It felt deliberate. It felt deliberate. Like they had something along the lines of like 35 to 40 rushes by the time Herbert was at like 25 passes or something like that. Like it, it felt deliberate. The The issue is that Philip Rivers, no matter how unathletic you feel he is, you you kind of have some memories of him just kind of making it happen. Not a lot, you know. You have you have some memories of Aaron Rodgers making it happen. You got the Matthew Stafford with a separated shoulder throwing a touchdown pass. Uh, you have you know Cam Newton's first couple of games in the league where he threw for eight hundred yards. You know, you you just have like these moments where these these players like make this impact. So so what was you know, Herbert what was Herbert's stats yesterday? Herbert stats yesterday. I didn't look at yesterday. Twenty-three of thirty-three. Twenty-three of thirty-three. So he's he's sixty-nine percent completion percentage. Two hundred twenty-eight yards. Two twenty-eight a touchdown. No picks. So what we talked about last week. He only had twenty-five touchdowns. <laughs> it's just it's it's just window dressing. It's just a facade. It's just good kid, good quarterback looks the part makes the the makes a minimal impact on game tony romo he is what tony romo gave you tony romo yeah oh yeah he has you know he broke all troy aikman's records yeah but troy aikman also threw it's third and three he threw the touchdown pass to michael irving you know what i mean like in a super bowl he won three super bowls you do all the concussions and everything else it's like with Justin Herbert, we keep giving him credit off of what people expect him to be versus just evaluating like, yo, you are a top 14 quarterback in the league. That's just you just look like Josh Allen. So when you do something that looks like Josh Allen, people can pay you directly with Josh Allen. But yeah, even remember, Josh Allen, I'm not a huge fan remember? of some of the stuff that he does. But when it boils down to it, yeah, I don't like how he throws it 30 yards down the field on third and eight. Remember, you were mad at me because somebody else had Herbert ranked ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Like I ain't even do it. Oh yeah. I get it. I get I get on you. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton Kincaid, the rookie tight end. Uh so, Kirk Cousins numbers yesterday. 33 for 44, 344 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert's career numbers, 25 and 25, 67% completion, 95 touchdowns, 35 picks. So in the last four seasons, he has 35 touchdowns, to include this one. So if we go 20, 20, 21, 22, 23, so one, two, and three. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has Kirk Cousins. 35, that's 68. Kirk Cousins uh, is the ultimate 
Matt Ryan quarterback that 97, never gets 99. enough. He never gets enough credit for what he brings to the table. But as soon as the team loses, y'all gonna point the finger at him. Like he, like you point your finger and say, that's the bad guy. So would that make you good? So he has 35 touchdowns, 33 touchdowns, 29 touchdowns, and two this year. This is Kirk. This is Kirk. Uh-huh. So everyone's jumping all over Justin Herbert and like, oh, how great he is. And I'm listen, I'm not saying that he's a bum by no means. These guys are like upper echelon athletes. I just want you to, if you're gonna give me a score, like if you're teaching a class and like we use NCOA for example, 16 of us in the class. If I'm giving a top level speech, I don't want you to tell me that the guy who's eighth out of our 16 is just as good as me if he can enunciate and put it together and keep it under five minutes. Like, look, no, I already did all that. I'm up here by myself. The rest of the people are two through eight. It's nothing wrong with them being two, three. If I'm up here by myself, I'm here by myself. If this dude is at eight and this guy's at four, it's okay to say he's eight. Justin Herbert is eight to 12, but people want him to be five to eight. And it's just, it just doesn't work. And everyone's going to, they're going to blame it on Staley. Like those last drives when he was getting blitz crazy. Yeah, they could, like Kellen Moore could have called some plays, got him on the edge. But in the same sense, you get him like looking across, like, yeah, I think they're all gonna let me get this time out. Like, listen, everyone's in these gaps. Like, I need something quick here. I need a screen. Give me Eckler. I need give me two backs. Do, give me something else because this isn't gonna work because two plays in a row. Because he was looking at the referee like they hit him in the head. And Justin Allen just Justin Allen just fell on the ground and got hit in the back. All right, so hold up real quick before you go on any further. What was Austin Eckler's rushing stats yesterday? If I had to guess, I heard I heard the number. It was probably I'm gonna say like 16 carries, like 116, 118 wow, yards. Look at, this. look at this. 16 carries, 117 yards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then he added four catches. Yeah, 50. He got like 58 off of one of them, though. Like, did stop. he did he add it four catches for 47 yards? You know, yeah. so like and he, so, and he sold out for nine million dollars. Yeah, and, and this is where you know the Chargers and, and this is where the Chargers, and 12, he throws a pick into the end zone. See, there Josh you go. Allen. There you go. Like, he's like, I like sports. He threw it to like the same public. dude too, DJ Reed. I like sports. Oh no, that's like Whitehead. That's Whitehead. I like and and I like the argument be right. I think Whitehead caught the first one too. It might have been. Yeah. I think Reed was a guy in the box. Um, yeah, we look but that up. Josh right Allen's quick. making me look right way too much. It's oh, no, like, it was Reed that got the first one. Okay. It was Reed got the first one. Yeah. Quentin Williams getting there. He probably blessed himself. Bless you. Thank you. This is what he does. And I don't understand why, like, second and 12. Why, why he doesn't get the credit. Because, like, in the NBA, right? You got to take turns. So, like, LeBron ain't win a championship. Okay, he got one. Shit, who we going to criticize now? You know, Durant ain't got no championship. Oh, he done went to Golden State. When Giannis going to show and prove that he's the best player? Oh, he got a championship too. And he dropped And, and Bede, you better win a championship. Like, yeah, you know, like, so, 
So, so, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, but in the NFL, like, like, you know, you can't criticize Mahomes. They don't criticize Herbert. They don't criticize Josh Allen. They don't somehow, criticize Burrow. Keep and going. Somehow, and keep somehow, going. It is somehow no, no, it ends up going, on. Going. Hold on. We're going to get to Burrow. It is somehow. No, it gets, they, no, somehow, no, no. Somehow it gets to they don't criticize Burrow. They don't criticize Burrow. You know, 14 of 31. 14 of 31, 82 yards against the keep Cleveland going. Browns. They don't criticize Kenny Pickett. Not at all. You know, Mike Tomlin's on a hot team. <laughs> not not Kenny Two Gloves. Yeah. You know what I'm they don't criticize years. Russell Wilson. Yeah, they do. No, we criticize Russell Wilson. I don't know you if know, they what? criticize I, Russell Wilson. You know Wilson. what? I think people feel bad for Russell Wilson for some reason. I don't know why. Okay, this this is another thing. I think what what hurt Russell Wilson is his early immediate success. But he didn't have immediate success. He was just on yeah, a he team. Did. He was on a team that had immediate success. He, but he was making he was making those moonshot passes to lock. He was, it. but I mean, he wasn't like doing what you're they saying. Kirk Cousins Super is doing. Bowl. But that's the thing. That's not what people look at when they when they when they say success. They say he went to two Super Bowls back to back. I know his criticism started when they threw that slant pass, which I still think, and I will argue to my grave, was a good play. You and I both know that a number of quarterbacks could have won a Super Bowl with the Legion of Boom. Yeah, I saw something the other day, real quick. Uh, when they were talking about was it DJ Reed that said that the Jets could be the eighty-five Bears? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever show I was watching, I can't remember. That, you know, I want to give him credit, but I can't remember. They put the stats up of the 85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens, the Legion of Boom, and like another team. And the Broncos. Like, it was it was something like that. But the uh I'm about to hit this glass again with my arm. Why are you throwing your helmet down? You the one that threw the dumbass pass. The the 85 Bears, it said 1985, had their yeah. stats. Uh, the Ravens, it said 2000, had their stats. The Legion of Boom, it was like 2011 through 2015. <laughs> it was like a, it was a gap over like 15 points a game, 200 passing yards, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I just when I looked at, it, I was like, but. Once again, because that wasn't the conversation, no one really mentioned, you know, do you see the Legion of the Boom have a four-year stretch of those uh-huh. stats? Um, so, like yeah, said, and, and now we're seeing Russell Wilson now with not the Legion of Boom, but still a very good defense. You know, oh, let me get to, let me say this real quick. And, and, and let, me, had a terrible let me, let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you how 2-5 thinks. Let me tell you about the spirit of sport. All right. If you're playing the Philadelphia Eagles, like currently Philadelphia Eagles, you're playing against Patrick Mahomes, you come out and you start the game with an onside kick. You don't do that shit against the Raiders just because. Yo, I'm telling you that it's too much money between the coach and quarterback. Uh Uh-oh, is that about to get hit? Oh, he got it off. This yeah, is a ahead. problem. This is a problem with that that Denver's gonna face. They have a new ownership group. I think they are the major purchaser is someone who's uh, affiliated with Walmart. 
So they have like just crazy dumb money. money. Yeah. Dumb money. Just like Scrooge McDuck swimming <laughs> in the money. I don't know how much patience they're going to have, but they are going to be willing to buy out people. Right. So I think Denver's rebuild. What were we, what were we saying that? 9-11, 2023. I'm, I would not be surprised that opening weekend, September 2025, <coughs> they have a new quarterback and new coach. Well, like the thing is, is that Keep right now. Think about the money. Sean Payton's getting 20, he's getting 20, 25 million a year. Russell Wilson has 265, 255. But right now, looking at this though, you know what I mean? They're not in the worst position. You know, they got they got Washington coming in this week. That's irrelevant. You know, so I don't just hold on. They go to Miami, they go to Chicago. They get Lost. the Jets, who may not have Aaron Rodgers, before they go to Kansas City. Against Buffalo. Before they go to Kansas City. So if they could go into that Kansas City <clears throat> game four and one. What? If they could go into that where's Kansas two five? City game. Where's two five? I can't see him. Where's two five at? Four what and one. Four well, and I said, one. I said if. I said if. If. You if. don't believe that. No, they're gonna be two and three. No, they're gonna be two and three. But but I'm just five games are going two and three. So by by after their fifth game, you got them two and three. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. No, but I'm just saying if if they if they so so like looking at this, they should beat Washington. You know, Miami strikes me as the type of team that could beat any team and can lose to any team. Chicago, we saw Justin Fields yesterday not looking much better. The numbers look good, but. For all intents and purposes, not looking much oh, better. Man. Just they should call seven screen passes a game. Tight end screens, wide receiver screens, running back screens. For and Justin. then, and then before the week before they play Kansas City, they get these Jets, which may not still have Aaron Rodgers. But if they have that same defense, I think they'll be fine. Maybe now, we'll see. And you got the revenge factor of the Hackett making me look bad. Uh, that Zach Wilson matter. doesn't look bad. He just nobody give a fuck about Hackett. Zach Wilson is like a. It's like your starter and your backup. He, if your backup's a three, you know, Zach Wilson's like a three seven, three seven five. I think he's good enough to be a solid backup. You, you need him to play two games, need him to play three while your quarterback heals from whatever injury it has. Aaron Rodgers in a boot because the last time I saw him on camera, he was wearing a boot um, on his left foot. Yeah, the uh, Dean got hurt. I, I just, I just, I don't believe, I just don't believe in Denver because, like I said, I, you are a stat guy, with the the numbers on the field. I'm a stat guy when I kind of break down like like the dynamic of the group, basically comparing Kirk Cousins and why I would take him over Justin Herbert. Uh-huh. But I think in Denver, I think Sean Payton's ego with. Russell Wilson's status or established status or his, uh-huh. you know, either what he feels about himself or what, you know, what what he knows to be true. I don't know if that's going to mesh well. So next week they have who? They got Washington at home. Well, at home. So they got Washington coming to Denver. If they go 0-2, 
because maybe B enemy figure out something like, hey, Sam Howell can't do X, Y, Well, Z, Sam Howell just need to hold on to the damn ball. That's what he need to do. You know, do I need to go, you know, do I need to go with the two running backs and get them in the passing and, game? Because I think people kind of like devalue the running back, but it's like, listen, if I got three wide receivers and I got two running backs and like this pro, you know, shotgun pro formation where I can get my running backs on the flat and I could, you can make a lot of things happen with that. You just have to, you have to see what's on film that didn't work and make adjustments. I mean, maybe, I just don't know. I don't know if Sean Payton and, and Russell Wilson are going to have the kind of relationship to where the enemy could tell Sam Howell, you need to hold on to the damn ball. And Sam Howell's like, you know what? You're right. Cause he doesn't have cachet. Sean Payton can't go to Russell Wilson and just say, you need to fucking make better plays. Well, Russell Wilson. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's going to resonate because I don't know if their personalities jive. I don't think well, Russell Wilson is looking at Sean Payton like this is somebody I can learn from. Versus Sam Howell is like I can learn from enemy. He's been a five straight AFC championship game. He had Mahomes. Sean Payton had Drew Brees, who's already good. Well, Russell Wilson didn't look bad yesterday. Uh, he just. He's definitely if he wasn't a game manager before, he's he's a game manager now. You know, I'll put it like that. You know, um, I think maybe that he doesn't like it. Maybe he doesn't like what Sean wants to do. Maybe he wants maybe. to maybe. maybe he wants he wants that. I want to take. I have a cannon. I'm but his recipes expired. You know, saying Yo, he, he ain't Betty Crocker. He ain't Betty Crocker. He's he's Biddy now. Listen, I opened some old sour cream a couple of weeks ago, but the, the it was still sealed. I peeled it off, put the cat back on, squeezing on my you know. But hold on, on we got it. was good to go. Let's talk about this fourteen for thirty-one for eighty-two yards. Let's talk about that because Joe Burrow two five said that Cleveland was going to win this game. Yeah, you're bringing up old stuff, you know. Because well, 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 for one. You know, obviously, he had the calf issue in preseason. You know, there's some rust there, I believe. You know, uh, the weather, I knew, would be a factor, you know, because... It those... felt like it was raining everywhere. Yeah, it was misty. I don't even know if it was rain, but he got them was little hands. He got them little... No, we don't get none of that. He got the... he had that little... He got those little hands like Kenny Pickett. So oh, he got when... the Jerry Goffs? Yeah, so, so, when, so when the ball gets wet, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's a little hard to, you know, to navigate that. You know what I mean? Deshaun Watson. The Michael Jackson gloves. Deshaun Watson didn't look good. But remember, this is what he does. You remember week one last year? For Burrow? Joe Burrow? Yeah. It was bad. He had remember the five doing, picks against Pittsburgh. He was doing a post-game interview. I think he's unflappable. I think he's a lot like uh, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. in that regard. Yeah. He'll be back. Uh, the got problem the is he week. just he just in a division to where you can't give away a game, yeah, in division, and give other members of your division like momentum to compete against well, you. Well, they got the they got the Ravens coming in this week, so I expect him to like be ready to go. Big game, Joe, all that good stuff. But for the purposes of this game. You know, I just think that a team like Cleveland, week one is their chance to kind of announce themselves, if you will. Like, you know, like that game was way more important for them than it is for the Bengals because the yeah, Bengals can, believe in the locker room. Yeah, the Bengals can win four games in a row and we'll forget all about yesterday. You know, Cleveland, 
on the other hand, they lose yesterday. They could have started 0-3 just because. So Cleveland can go 3-2 and two over, the, over the first five weeks, and it's like, oh, this is the beginning of a successful season because we're normally, you know, at the right. bottom of. You ready for this? How, how many first downs did Cincinnati have? What's my over-under? I don't know. If I give you the over-under, you're going to guess it. <laughs> you only had two first downs? They had six. Six. They had six Man, first downs. Said, you could have said eight. 2.6 yards per play. You know, T. Higgins, eight targets, no catches. You know, and they already, you know, not a part of the future plan. So watch that one in Cincinnati. We talked about Stephon Diggs. Watch T. Higgins. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Do you think an airplane on your helmet is the best way to commemorate 9-11? <laughs> what they supposed to put on their helmet? It was a, just, it was a fighter a plane. That? It, was, it, it was like a whole fighter plane, like a whole thing that was like a fighter plane. It was in the game. I don't know. Game. I don't know. It, it but, just seemed like something you could you could have picked a different uh but uh Deshaun, bad, I digress. Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, 16 for 29, 159 yards, one touchdown, one pick. So play still the not, preseason. So still not either play the preseason or well, get well, rid of the joint practice. Well, you would think well, you would think that he would play the preseason just off of the time that he missed. So you would think that the team would want him to get as many reps as possible. Not that you got to play a whole game or anything like that, but you know, but go out there and play a quarter in the first two preseason games. You know, so ain't going to hurt nobody unless you get hurt. But, uh, Greg Wilson, he's a but, bad. Uh, Sorry. You know, Nick Chubb, 18 carries for 104 yards, you know, probably the best running back in the league. So, you know, I, I just felt that the game was right for Cleveland to win. It's week one. We see stuff like this. And back to the Chargers, because I forgot to say this when we were talking about the Chargers. You know, saying, first of all, y'all got to stop being some little bitches and bring back those navy blue uniforms because that powder blue shit ain't intimidating nobody. Yo, listen. Bring back the junior Seals. The junior Seals, right? Yeah, make them Seal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, like, I, I think a lot of NFL teams kind of have the same, I don't want to say problem, but it's like you have. It's a copycat league. It's a copycat league, and, and you're not, everybody isn't, everybody's not the Chiefs, everybody's not Buffalo. Uh, like I was, I was telling my son about his varsity team, and I was talking to another guy. Like we we played a game Friday, lost seventeen to seven. Time of possession was super lopsided. I think the other team had the ball. It's a forty-eight minute game. Like me and one of the other parents were sitting there doing the math, like the rudimentary math in our head. Like the mm-hmm. time of possession was probably like thirty-six to twelve in favor of the other team. But the final score was only seventeen seven. Defense played well, but they only filled a lot of time. And I was like, yo, they are a running team that passes, but they call plays like a passing team that also Mm -hmm. runs. Right. And the Chargers yesterday are a running team. And when it when it when the chips were, you know, pushed the middle of the table, they went to the pass and Herbert got crushed on that final drive and they lost the game. Reminded they me of Jacksonville. Killing, they were killing Miami with the run. Reminded me of that uh, game in Jacksonville. 
Kansas City is a team that passes the ball to set up the run. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they'll go completely away from the run. It's like, yo, you know they're playing you for the pass. So even on third and eight, you might be able to pop a draw play and get six or seven yards. And now, because you're, you're so Especially when it's hard as Pacheco runs, yeah. As hard as he runs, the way McKinnon kind of operates like a punt returner in space, it's just sometimes teams get kind of caught up. Atlanta, as you know, I'm a fan of them. They are a running team that barely passes. Yeah, and Alexander they keeps they stealing all B. John's touchdowns. They don't. B. John still got one, but B. John <laughs> had more catches. He had more catches than Pitts and London combined. Mm-hmm. Like in the third quarter, and not like at the end of the game. Maybe he had like eight, whatever. At the beginning of the third quarter, he had five or six catches already. Drake London and Kyle Pitts have four targets, maybe. So you are a running team that passes, but you don't threaten the defense with the pass. So it, it's all about finding oh. the balance. Yeah. So, so I think some of these teams that don't, if you if you don't find a balance, then guys is going to be either in the box or they're going to play deep. I.e., what Tampa Bay did to Kansas City in the Super Bowl it was like we're going to play cover two, either cover two man or cover two zone. And say, are you going to run the draw play? You're going to do the handoff. You're going to. Are you, you're not going to run the ball. You're just going to throw into this shell that we're going to sit in for 60 minutes or whatever amount of time they were on the field. Yeah. So, so what are you thinking now? I know uh, back when we were doing previews, you know, one of your big takeaways was, hey, as a Falcon fan, we're playing against all these teams with first-year quarterbacks and all this kind of – so how you feeling about the Green Bay game after what you saw yesterday? Uh, what I'm thinking is this. It's going to be a lot like Minnesota season last year where it's one possession game and it's going to be a toss-up. Yeah, and that shit ain't worked for Minnesota yesterday. It, it didn't know. I wish it did because I mean Atlanta's still number one in the NFC South because we have an opponent. We have a division win, division victory. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. My son said it to me yesterday. I was like, man, it would have been dope if these other two teams would have lost. He was like, nah, we're still good because we beat a division opponent. I was like, you know what, son, you're right. <laughs> You've been learning some stuff from me. So I like that part. The fact this is the first uh, opener they won since 2017. Yes, I just I just don't think that it's sustainable. Like I said, that the when I when I called you, and it's the same thing with these other teams that threw the ball, like New England throwing the ball fifty times. Yeah, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to that. But hey, speaking of openers, here's one for you. Cleveland <laughs> yesterday was Cleveland's first home opener win since two thousand four. Their first Actually, home opener or home week uh, one home. Week week one home opening win. Again, okay. it, it was uh when Jeff Garcia was the quarterback last for them was the last time that they pulled this off. But but you know, but yeah, um, yeah, so Atlanta Green Bay this week, you know, Aaron Jones looked good, but he pulled the hamstring. Jordan Love, 245 yards, three touchdowns, two of them to Romeo Dobbs. You know, uh the Bears, I picked Green Bay to win that game, but I thought it would be a close down to the wire game. I didn't expect Green Bay to just do that because DJ Moore, which was shocking, it was shocking because I watched a lot of that game. 
And as I was sitting there, I was like, yo, I don't remember DJ Moore doing nothing. And then when I went back through my notes and looked at stuff, I was like, oh, he only got targeted twice the whole game. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. I, if the, I trade for what the you, hell is an Eberflus? Uh, in is this that, Buffalo Jets game, is that uh, German for stupid? This Buffalo Jets game, first play slant, Stefan Diggs. But what I liked about Green Bay, what they brought to the table was you know, I always talk about Aaron Rodgers, you know. First down, pass, second down, pass, so on and so forth in the red zone or whatever. But I liked it because for the whole game, they went 30 rushes and 27 passes. So, you know, so I like that balance, and that's going to be the key to their success. You know, before I get to Pittsburgh and them getting demolitioned, I got to go back through this. We talked about this before we came on. Let me walk back through the Giants for everybody. So oh, 12 their possessions, yeah. Yeah, 12 possessions. So taking it from the top, they had a field goal blocked return for a touchdown. Next possession, three plays, negative 11 yards, negative nine yards in a pick six, three yards, interception, missed field goal, and then right before halftime, negative seven yards. So starting the third quarter, seven yards, turnover on downs, fumble, turnover on downs, Negative four yards and the game was over. Danny Jones, come to the carpet, please. That my okay, my <laughs> argument last season that he played like a top 10 quarterback. It wasn't that I thought he was top 10 in the league. But he just had a good season. He had a good season. Them paying him 40 million dollars was a mistake and no matter how you slice it it was a mistake uh because the expectation is i know you're laughing don't say anything yet because i'm a little bit behind you the expectation no, i'm laughing at you is, i'm still laughing at you the expectation is that he's gonna if if you are taking up 25 percent of my cap then you need to cover up 25 percent of my mistakes so my inability to sign a top flight wide receiver, you need to cover up that. Uh, my, as a team's inability to keep a safety or keep a defensive end or not re-sign a defensive tackle, you have to compensate for that because I gave you the money I could have been given these guys. So you need to make the plays as if their presence is a non-factor to the outcome of our our games but the problem Daniel is, is that they know he can't do that he can't do that <laughs> but they know he can't he can't he, he, and like he, they, they, he they can't do that. that he you what he was on was the rookie scale last year he got he played and made decisions as a rookie and they gave the ball to saquon he had a bunch of yards but it's just, I just think it's such a bad move. Please tell me it's third and two. He's going to throw along again. I'm behind and you're laughing. Originally, I was laughing at you. 
Originally, yeah, I thought you were laughing at me, and I looked down. I, I was laughing. Originally, I was, I was like, originally I was laughing at you because Daniel Jones. You know, we talked about this. Like he can't do those things. That, like so, theoretically, theoretically, I know what you just said about ten minutes ago. Theoretically, Justin Herbert could do that. No, he can't. No, I. Justin Herbert can't do that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Justin Herbert's his contract was an extension, so he's probably. Not, I don't think it's going to impact their books this year, but no, until maybe next like year, yeah. next off season. Right, right. He, he's in a he's in the same boat. He just he just looks the part. His big his attitude is the part. He is just. I'm just guy. saying. He's theoretically, like, give, me, give me an actor that just makes terrible movies, but we keep. <laughs> not Adam Sandler, not like, like I'm. I'm trying to think. I'm trying. I'm like. I'm trying to think of. What like, are you doing right now? <laughs> like it sounds. It sounds ridiculous, but it's gonna make a lot of sense. We all love Brad Pitt. No, here we go. Shannon Tatum. We love Shannon Tatum. Hey, he Twenty One Jump Street was good. Twenty One Jump Street's good. Uh, <laughs> but that movie he did with Sandra Bullock, awful. Uh, <laughs> his role in This Is the End was weird. But he looks the part. He doesn't do anything bad. He did the movie The Vow with Richard McAdams about the the, the, the wife who gets in a car accident has short term memory loss. Did he do one of like the a, uh, Olympus the young type movies? Nah, he did one of them. Yeah, I think he did one of them. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. He did the one with Jamie Foxx. So yeah. he did the he did the wife beater dirty with the smudge tank top, and that's what he does. But if you wanted him to do an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet set in 2045, he probably won't be able to do that. But yet people will see that movie and be like, oh my God, he was so great in it because you've seen him in so many other mediocre movies and you love them for it. That's what Justin Herbert gives you. You've seen him in so many different situations where he didn't, he did, he did not make the play. Mm-hmm. He's made some plays against like Atlanta. He made a couple of plays against Tennessee over the last couple of years. He's made some couple a couple of great throws. Doesn't beat Kansas City. He had to throw with the ribs and he was hurt. And he threw it in the ground. The next play, he threw that dime. And you you're like, oh my God, that's so great. But then in a play. That's what I'm saying. Daniel Jones, that was the, the point throw. that I was trying to make. Daniel Jones doesn't even do that. So like, so like Herbert has done that a time or two for someone to think that it is possible. I ain't saying he can do it, but they could think that it's possible that he could do that. Like there's nothing Daniel Jones has ever done that. But that's I feel... the thing. But no one's ever said no one. No one started the preseason off with Daniel Jones at six. Uh, I'm sure there's somebody out there. Realistically, <laughs> like, think about like think about the quarterback <laughs> tiers on the podcast and TV shows that we watch. Think about the conversations that we have in our sports group. Other than Fred, Fred has been the Fred's been banging the drum for Daniel Jones. It's not many people banging the drum for Justin Herbert, but when we get some of those start one, bench one, cut one, or build your team for $15, people are rarely picking the column that has Daniel Jones in it. Most times he's not even on it. Justin Herbert's on it. And I'm not knocking Justin Herbert. I'm just saying that I am. the money that they gave him is going to look just as bad as the money that the Giants gave Daniel Jones, because people fall in love. You said it's a copycat league. It seems like GMs fall in love with this idea of 
I've got to have a quarterback. Like, no, you have to have a good quarterback. You don't have to have the guy you have. I even think about this with Dak. Like, I think Dak is a very good quarterback. But if I could have moved him and maybe got Kirk Cousins around that same time, I know I'm on Kirk Cousins' trip a little bit. Or when Flacco got his $120 million post-Super Bowl, if if I was a Ravens, if I could have looked around and said, okay, can I get a different guy or do I have to give this guy $40 million or $30 million or whatever it was? I think it's like 30 over four years. You know, same thing with Atlanta. When Atlanta gave Matt Ryan like 34, he was getting more than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers went back-to-back MVPs after Matt Ryan got his extension. Right. You know, so I think sometimes people fall, like GMs fall in love with this idea because we know what it looks like when you don't have a good quarterback. We right. see, we saw what, what Arizona looked like at the end of last season. Yeah, what they're going to look like. Tennessee. We, Tennessee has Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> and he doesn't play well. We see Tennessee. <laughs> but if you think about if you think about those years when before Andrew Luck got drafted, and they had Curtis Painter and Jim Sorge in Indianapolis, or like I said this year, when you, when you see what Arizona's going to put out on the field, or even in Tampa Bay, people I like Baker Mayfield. I don't think he's I don't think he's the answer. But if they have to bench him, they're going to go to Cal Trask, who hasn't thrown a pass in, what, three years? Yeah. So um, what you think about Brock Purdy? I like I like Brock. I think he did a good job. Um, I think he's perfect. I When I watch Brock Purdy make a tough throw, immediately I think Trey Lance going to make that throw. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds like dickish, but I think about it literally every like that brand IU catch. I was like, Trey Lance is not throwing that ball. And we got first and gold jets. Six something minutes about, left in the something about the way something about the way that Brock Purdy plays just kind of solidifies the the trade. Um Trey Lance was in the game last night, and one of the Chris Collinsworth said that. You're going to have three quarterbacks on the roster, mm-hmm. but you can't play the third one if the other two are healthy, which is like a yeah. weird rule yeah. to have. But. Uh, Zach Wilson <laughs> takes off down to the four. Um, so uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I bet you Patrick Peterson ain't going to uh, try to come at Purdy again, you know. But uh, I mean, next time it'll be the Super Bowl, so – I'm pretty sure he's he's in the clear. Oh, is that what it is? Um, yeah. All right. So Baker Mayfield, you know, I'm gonna wrap this one up real quick. But Baker Mayfield, you know, did his thing, you know, his uh, game manager thing. He did the right thing and found Mike Evans. That's all he was supposed to do. Throw it to the six five light skin guy. Yeah, and they got out of there with a win. Washington, I think, I hope, was just taking Arizona lightly. Ooh, that was my elimination pick. I was worried. Oh my goodness, this catch. Garrett Wilson from the Ohio State University. Sorry. No, it's that good of a catch that I had to do that. Like, you'll see it in a second. Either way, I'm still gonna see it. No, it was that good of a catch. I had to, I had to like I had to do that. Um, you know, but uh Alexander Mattinson. 11 carries for 34 yards. So, you know, like not off to the best Minnesota start. Minnesota has to run the ball. You got to run the ball. Not not off to the best start trying to replace Dalvin Cook. You know, no uh, Zay Flowers. No I no know. Way. See, I told you. I told you. No way. Over Tredavious White. 
if that happened to me on Madden, I'd be ready to quit. Yeah, you would be like, yo, I don't even care you know what? It's Justin Jefferson. I'd offer a friendly <laughs> quit first just so I can get my mental state together. Then you I know? like I'd probably finish it out. But uh but last question before we move on. Uh so was yesterday another one of those examples of Philly jumping out to an early lead and, and then taking just, a foot off the gas? Yeah, or or did New England show us something yesterday? Did McCorkle <laughs> show us something? I like McCorkle. I don't like 51 pass attempts. Or like I think maybe 52 pass attempts. I think right. when New England has always showed they gotta delay a game on an extra point. <laughs> only only the Jets can. Yeah, so <laughs> the credit I'm gonna give credit to Nick Wright. He's like, I don't trust Philly because I don't trust the maturity of their head coach. Okay. I'm not sure Sirianni is being an old season guy like myself, salt and pepper in a beard. I just think that at the years of oh, it made it through. After years of just kind of dealing with, like I said, Air Force, I joined in 2000. Now I still work for the Air Force. So since then, I'm at over 23 years of like my adult life working for the Air Force. So I understand how it works. I can break it down, good, bad, or indifferent. I can speak to a commander. I can speak to a pilot. I can speak to an enlisted airman about the parameters of what the Air Force gives. And and I and I know it fully, and I can teach it fully. I think Belichick's time in the league, he can look at a player, even if it's like you know, just keep it a bean. Referencing the twenty-eight to three Super Bowl, I don't know if he ever does this on the sideline when he's mic'd up or whatever the case may be, but I think you can he you can look at him and know that he'll tell you, okay, they're out to a 16-0 lead. That's two possessions. We're getting the ball back. We go down and score. We stop them from scoring. We get the ball back. We're gonna so like even if that's not the case, I think his calmness in that conversation, either through the coaches, and that kind of matriculates down to the players, and they go back out on the field and they just perform. Whereas Sirianni, I think Sirianni's up 16-0. He's turning to the audience, talking slick to the fans. He's in the camera. He's, you know, calling he, he did all the videos. <laughs> you know, he, he's out. He's out there doing a gritty or something like that. I just think that you know, certain certain guys like like I think Matt Lafleur gets up to sixteen zero lead. He's worried about how I get to how do I get to nineteen or twenty three even twenty four zero twenty four zero. Uh, I think Sean McVay is a guy's like you know how do I get how do I add to this lead? Oh, and shout out to the Rams by the way beat the brakes off. You know, Pete Carroll is another guy like, how do I build on this lead? Mm-hmm. There's a mm-hmm. few coaches I think that would, like Steichen, right now, He's he, to me, he's looking like a guy who doesn't understand the parameters of being a head coach instead of being like, yo, you can't be, you don't have to be a cowboy. Mm-hmm. Just wrangle. Just wrangle the cattle. You don't have to be a cowboy. Just wrangle the cattle. Um, yeah. Same thing Staley goes through. Staley is a guy I don't trust to just Josh McDaniels is a guy I don't trust to just go for. Sean Payton is a guy I don't trust to just operate under 
the basic format of being a head coach and let your players make plays and not your play calls make players. Jalen Hurts sure got some timely fumbles on him, though. And this is a whole different game if New England doesn't hold on the two-point conversion that McCorkle ran in. You know, it would have been 25-22 instead of 25-20, and they could have got the field goal and put it in overtime. But, uh, but bad news for the Eagles. So they play on Thursday night at it's home. Minnesota. Welcoming in the Vikings. No Bradbury. No Bradbury. Fletcher Cox left the game with an injury yesterday, and N'Kobe Dean was seen in a boot. So uh, things ain't looking Could so right. good. I mean, they'll still they got, beat Minnesota. They, I, got, sure. they got the national championship Georgia Bulldogs scattered and sprinkled about. Yeah, they got Jalen Carter out there. But they no, got I, Carter I, I, out there. They got Graham out there. They got Jordan Davis out there. Yeah, uh, they still beat the Minnesota. They kept getting run over. They still beat Minnesota, but uh, but yeah, that's just a little. I don't like Thursday night second. I don't like that. You should get. You should the players. Oh, don't say nothing. Uh, I wasn't even watching it. I, I flipped the Monday Night Raw. Sorry. Okay. Ra- Raquel Rodriguez oh, and Rhea Ripley, but now I'm flipping Dawkins. back. Dawkins <clears throat> a little shove should be a 15 yard penalty. Oh, we I'm got a little scuffle. Back. All I saw was uh. We got a fumble. Oh, a fumble. We got... yeah. I saw the what fumble. The... Did somebody come off the sideline and just run over the tight end? It looks like somebody went helmet to helmet on Josh Allen, though. I haven't like, seen a flag like, yet. Yeah, when he was going to get the ball, he got hit in the helmet. But I, I think it was. It counts, yeah, I don't think it counts. It was a fumble. So, you know, but Jets got the ball. You know, so here we are, 447 left in the fourth quarter. Can the Jets do the unthinkable? So, we, and, oh, it bounced off his chest. And, 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 oh. and for those of you keeping oh. count, oh. And, and for those of you keeping count, that's four turnovers for Buffalo. Three by Josh. Three by Josh Allen, and you know, uh, you know, actually, all four by Josh Allen because he fumbled it. He has two fumbles and two picks. No, he's got a fumble and three picks. Oh yeah, he has three picks. Three picks, two to Whitehead and the one to DJ Reed. And I guess Whitehead recovered the fumble. <laughs> this is the stuff nightmares are made of, you know. Yo, Jesse Bates is wearing three. Who else made plays yesterday wearing three? I don't know. He had two he picks can... in the fumble, in the, in the cause fumble, and he caused the fumble, forced fumble. But how about Dennis Schroeder, FIBA MVP for the world champion? Do I get to call him world champion? World champion of what? You know, like, I don't. Okay, it's another thing. I mean, it's the World the Noah, Cup. The, the Noah Lyles uh, statement. Is the Olympic champion the world champion? Or the the four, like the three years, in, well, I think, three or four years in between? Well, I don't know. I think you defend your title, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I beat the champion tonight and then you beat me in two weeks, you the champion. You know what I mean? So, like, if you, if you win the FIBA World Cup... You are the current world champion, and then when you get to the Olympics, whoever wins that is the new world champion. I, I to, to me, the Olympics seem a little bit more stable. That's locked in as the world champion. I think we won gold last time in the school. Today. Well, no, you just saying that because that's when we send the heavy hitters over there and we win. <laughs> but I think about that same thing with track. It's like, all right, how are you a world champion if you're not the Olympic champion? Right. It just to like, I mean, I guess we're just arguing semantics. Yeah. A world champion of what? Uh, no. Yeah, so, 
Um, no, no, the U.S. We, just we needs to be stacked panic. to we hit, we hit the same panic button every year, and I was talking about this with a guy in my office uh, last week. No, was that a bar? Is the barber either a barbershop in my office? We have a team full of either guys who are alphas or feel they're alphas, whereas Slovenia, Serbia, Germany, Nigeria, you know, Sudan, all these other teams, they have they're built like your standard NBA team. Jordan. Pippen, Rodman, Coach, role players. Golden State, Steph, Clay, Draymond. You know, I'll go to championship. Iguodala. Your Iguodala, Wiggins, Poole, like your role players. So when it comes down to we need XYZ play run, you don't have Anthony Edwards kicking it to Halliburton, kicking it to Brandon Ingram. Biggest measurement of the season so far. And the Jets are about six inches short, fourth down and one with 301 left. Do you go for it or do you take the points? Uh, if you spread it out, I go for it. But if you're gonna go tight, if you if your idea is to call a tight formation. And it's not just a straight quarterback sneak, then you're just better off just taking the three points. See, I think I take the points here just because Buffalo what? going with the flow of the game, like you know, and it's only two minutes, like we're coming up on two minutes to go in the game, you know. Like I think I take the points, but we'll see. All right, here we go. Here's the play. Quarterback oh. sneak. Oh. So anyway, yeah. yeah. So like so, I, I like I said, I think the I think these in-between tournaments, first of all, I don't, you know, I know Noah Lyles, what he means, like world champion and what. I'm not sure if the FIBA world championship title resonates as much with your upper echelon NBA players who are soon to be retired NBA players. By oh, the way. I'm sure it doesn't. Yeah. So, like, I don't think KD, Devin Booker, and LeBron really give a damn about FIBA in the Philippines or if it was somewhere dope, if it was Toronto and it was close, you could bring your family. If it was like the game was in Vancouver or maybe like if the game was in London, if the games were in London or somewhere in Europe, well, I guess this I think is more it, like it has a... to be somewhere where it's dope. Like if it's not cool, I'm like, I'm not spending my off season in Manila, way on the other side of the world playing basketball. It's, like, nah, it's, it's, not, it's not worth the whole, considering that if I'm a teenager, like if this is the 18U tournament and it's in Manila, oh, that's dope because I'm 18 years old and I get to go to Manila. Right. But it's like right now, I'm I'm 42. I've been stationed in Europe. I've been stationed in Korea. If you're like, yo, we should do this New Year's, but I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I've already done it. I've already lived that. I've already been able to do all the other stuff. You want to do some local? You want to get like an Airbnb and somewhere dope and just kind of like, you know, hang out. We all can get there and have a good time. I'm with it. Like, you want to have this tournament in Toronto? LeBron's going. Steph's going. Katie's going. Oh, yeah. Apparently, he's there. getting the Calvary together for the Olympics. Where's the Olympics this year? Like the, in 2024? I have no idea. I don't watch the Olympics, so I cannot tell you. Um, I thought it was like. I I'm looking it up right now, though. But yeah. like. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm not an Olympics guy. Like, I don't know for what it is. Like, for me, I, I don't like, like the Olympics. 
I don't like it. Um, <coughs> it's in Paris. Um, I yeah, like. Okay, I can, I can, I can, I can take. I'm uh, Steph Curry. Aisha's coming with me to Paris. I, I think, I think I'm too Americanized. So, like, when I watch these sports, I want to <laughs> watch. I want to watch games that have like impact on standings, playoff seating. You know all that kind of stuff. Like I care less about a gold medal. Like you know, like uh, it's, it's not my thing. I love and, and, and not only I that, love, but, I love the trend. like. I love curling. I love curling. Yo, you know, but, curling, curling is that's the Winter Olympics stuff. But but, but when it, but when it comes to basketball, but when it comes to basketball, the result is almost a foregone conclusion. Like we always send the best of the best, and nobody can match up with the totality of our best. So I don't want to watch the U S win games by 30. I don't want to watch anybody win games by 30, but I was looking that bad though, but I was looking at these FIBA rosters, you know, just trying to figure it all out. And so, you know, Germany played for the title, you know, and of course they had Dennis Schroeder. They had the Wagners, you know, on their squad, you know, of course, Slovenia had Luca, you know, Serbia didn't have Jokic, but they had, Boban Bodanovic, Poku from OKC, and Nikola Jovic, who, you know, might get up in this Dame Lillard tree. You know, the Dominican Republican had, they had Carl with a K, you know, and like, so I, like there's. I thought he was from the Bahamas. You know, so there's, so there's, no. So there's like all kinds of stuff going on here. Like Team Canada, you know, they had SGA. You Canada got, probably has the most real dudes from that country. They, like I think Eric Gordon played for the Bahamas because I think his yeah, grandma is from, yeah. from there. I think Cat Cat's not Dominican. <laughs> Stop it. Then you had like you got you know I remember Becky Hammond played for Russia in one of these tournaments because yeah. she played in the professional league. So it's like yeah. sometimes international stuff is a little you know whatever. Extra. I saw something. Like, I remember Lou like, Dang used to play for Spain. Uh, who else played? What's the ball name? Uh, Serge Ibaka played for Spain. Yeah, they had that dual citizenship. It's like your name is Serge Ibaka. But but Canada though, like Canada, they had SGA, RJ Barrett. They had Dylan Brooks, your guy. Lou, you know they could get Lou Dort. I B. guess. You know what I mean. Tristan like, Thompson is from Canada. Williams from Canada. Like yeah, so like, so they could put a squad together. They, they could put, put a, a squad together. Yeah, so so that if if they put that squad together. Then we got a USA. By we we got a Booker. US we got a USA Canada final. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. So so like so when I look at this, right? I was I was trying to figure this all out, and Jaron Jackson was like the lone big man on the team. You know, so I was looking they at always the, put the team together poorly. Yes, they they put the team together and tried to. They allow the they allow the style of play to dictate how they put the team yes. together. It's like, listen, I get it. A lot of dudes shoot threes. That's cool, but people are shooting thirty three percent from three. So that means every ten three pointers they shoot, six point seven of them are going to be rebound opportunities. Give me the six eleven defensive player of the year down there to rebound. Give me the big man down there to rebound, and let me get to the let me get to the cup. Like and, and that's that's the thing. I like I talked, I was talking to someone he played basketball. I'm like, yo, you want to shoot this shot from 20 feet against a two-three zone where you can pump fake and one dribble 
and be at 14 feet when you come to a complete stop. Yeah. And now so, you're shooting a 14-foot floater versus a 20-foot three-pointer with a, a hand in your face. All right, so we got a minute 48 left. The Jets go up 16 to 13. So, Josh Allen, this is your shot to be a hero. So, you know, I was, so I was looking at this. So, have you seen the uh, the post with the uh, rebound leaders? I saw that Josh Hart had more rebounds coming off the bench than Triple J. Yeah, so here, so here are your rebound leaders. Josh Hart was the leader with six per game. Bobby Portis, I, I, I so almost said Clinton Portis. Bobby Portis, uh, four and a half, and he was the 10th man. You know, you got uh, Anthony Edwards with four, Paulo Bancaro with 3.7, Mikel Bridges, 3.2, Halliburton, three, Ingram with three, Brunson with Who's three. Who's your point guard? Jalen Brunson. Uh, and Triple Who's, J, no, no, no. Not 2.8. the guy playing point guard. Who's the oh, guy Halliburton. Who's initiating your offense? Halliburton. He's the only guy on the team that initiates the offense. Yeah, because that, that's what I was going to Strike bring up. And that's what that's what I was going to bring up because, they like, that's because that's what I noticed was that like these teams, these other teams that we're playing against, they actually follow teamwork principles. They spread it out, and it's to me it shows. I'm not trying to get into the argument, Here but, it, but I'm yeah. It, it gets into the whole argument between the old people and the new generation where they're like, y'all don't play defense and all this kind of stuff like that. So, like, when you're playing in these FIBA tournaments and stuff, it's not that they don't play defense. It's just that they're really playing defense for the whole shot clock. Like, you're really chasing somebody around for the whole shot clock. That versus That it's is simple. it. Like, versus in the NBA. In the NBA, you can sag off. Every now and again, like Steph will stand there chewing on his mouthpiece and maybe he'll sneak behind you if you take your eyes off of him. But like when you actually look at the FIBA, like you're guarding the shooter all around the court for the whole shot clock. If they would have brought Tyus Jones and campaign to be their point guards, pass first, pass essential, pass, like just I want to pass as a point guard. That's the problem with USA basketball is that the teams don't employ. If you look at the 2004 Athens team, you had Marbury, Iverson, Dwayne Wade, I think LeBron James, Carmelo was on it. Who initiates the offense in that coming on? Even Draymond Green. Not a soul. Draymond Green on the floor. Somebody that's going to throw the bounce pass, set the screen. Because if I could throw a little drop pass, set the screen on the guy that's guarding Dame Lillard and get Dame an open three because he knows I'm setting a solid screen up top, then I think he's good to go. They, You you, you have to look at history sometimes and, and ensure that it doesn't have to be a fear of repeating itself, but you have to understand, like, listen, we are putting ourselves in the same position that we were in 20 years ago when we made that team that didn't have any – didn't have like you put you know Austin Reeves on there as your token white boy, but he's not your point guard and he's not your spot up shooter. Yeah, he is just he's just he's just the same as he's like Anthony Edwards or Brandon Ingram for that effect. Like he doesn't do anything different for you offensively than what those guys do. 
So if I'm defending you and you take Ingram out and you put Reeves in and you take Reeves out for Ingram in, if I'm the defensive coach, I'm like, I don't have to change because Ingram's not going to do anything that's going to stress me differently than what Reeves is doing. Right. What Anthony Edwards is doing. Like, they're all going to do the same thing. Like, who? Yeah, they're just different the sizes. Different sizes. Up, oh, up. Oh, is he going to? Yep. Take another hit. You know, and but. I have no time stuff. Okay. You know, so, but yeah. So but that's, that's the key is like, uh, I saw something today. I, I, I want to quote Rudy Gay, but he's like, they need a whole tryouts versus selections. I agree with most that. Of these guys, so most of these guys are, are nursing injuries from the season. And Jalen Brown's not playing. He has a $300 million contract. Boss right. has not let that slide. Well, he just played in the big three all-star game. That was one day. <laughs> one day you play at 75%. Shoot some jumpers, back some people down. You play against Ooh. Big Davis or Steven Jackson, whoever else is still in the big three. Offensive passing <laughs> appearance on Stefan Diggs. Now you're trying to be buddy buddy on the sideline. Yeah, him and Sauce play fighting. Now I'm talking about a little clip of him, of uh, which I'm call it going to him. Oh, him and Josh Allen. Yeah, no, no, I was just talking about him and Sauce. They they wrestling with each other. You know, they called the flag on Diggs. I'm like, how do you decide who to call the flag on? <laughs> they, wins. they both over there tussling. You know, but uh. But but that goes back but that goes back to the original point though or or the question that I wanted to ask can we win in the Olympics without I guess completely stacking the deck so like if we had a team that had like say Devin Booker um say Embiid played for the U.S. so uh, Devin Booker and Embiid is that enough? Or do we need Devin Booker and B Jason Tatum? No, what, what you what you need is uh you need a point guard and a backup point guard that can initiate the offense. You need a two guard that can initiate his own action. You need a guy like Jason Tatum, who is a mismatch. At 6'8", most teams don't have a guy equally as athletic to guard him at 6'8", with another offensive package. So, essentially, you put him in there, and he's all offense, and then the 6'8 guy that's probably guarding him is just hoping that he can guard him. But you need you need role players in there, like like I said, you need like you know you need a Tyus Jones guy, you need like a guy like Mike Conley. Uh, I like I like Devin Mitchell. You know, I I, I think certain like guys that can just kind of guys that can play off the ball while simultaneously creating their own shot. I think Clay's a great Clay will be great with the FIBA team because he doesn't need. You need a you need a yeah, couple of Kyle Corbett extra miles on his legs though, like you know he's trying to. I mean he's he's got a he's got his two hundred million dollar deal almost. I you know, need a guy, but he want to win another championship. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. You, you could look in the locker room. <laughs> the like, empire is falling. That's it's my like line. yo, 
I am 42. I am not going to get to six feet tall. I know it is cool. I've enjoyed my life. I had a great time. I'm not going to make it to six feet tall. Clay knows his team is not going to win another championship. 16 (laughs) seconds. Buffalo down at the 31. Second and 10. You know, Josh Allen so far. I'm like like 19 seconds behind. Let me get this right. 28 for 35, 226, one touchdown, three picks, sacked five times. A fumble. He's been, he's been hit at least 11 times. And Stefan Diggs, nine catches for 92 yards and a touchdown, or 10 catches for 103 and a touchdown. Clock it, clock it, clock it. All right, don't say anything because right now I'm at, I'm, at, I'm at the part where they clock it. All right. At, I'm at 16 seconds. I'm saying. Yeah. So, so, like, I think I think that's what the other teams, but that's what the other teams have always had because when even when Ku Coach played against the Dream Team, we were stacked. If you look at the dream team, we had John Stockton initiates your own offense. You had Magic Johnson, point guard. Uh, Larry Bird, matchup nightmare. Jordan, uh, all-world athlete. Pippen, all-world defender. Ewing, Barkley. Like, granted, these guys are just, you know, out of this world. But what they did, like, if you just simply look at what they were able to do, defensive stopper, rebounder, Matchup nightmare. If you looked at this, uh, this current U.S. Yeah, Anthony Edwards, who said like that famous quote was like when Steve Kerr asked him to come off the bench, he was like Kobe did it. No, D Wade came off the bench when we had Kobe in, in the last Olympics or whatever, two thousand eight. And Anthony Edwards was like, "Yeah, ain't no Kobe on this team." <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong either, though. But you know, so, like that's the thing is like, yeah. So if you if you as a coach want him to come off the bench, but he's watching, he's seeing all the other guys, and he's like, none of these guys are better than me. Better than me, right? How can you get him to buy into the team concept when you think he's sixth, and right, he's so like, here, I'm first. So here's a question for you. So you know, obviously, like the world has caught up in some ways. You know, from the time that we saw the 1992 Dream Team. Because all you need is um, a hoop and a basketball. I was talking no, about this myself. Yeah, yeah. It's like this expectation that, like, he, he played for, like, his friend's team. He has, you know, a couple of his, his white friends, his dad coaches basketball. And they played a team that was, like, mostly black kids. And the coach was like, man, that white boy can ball. And I was like, it's crazy that people think that white dudes can't play basketball considering all you need is shoes right? and a gym and a hoop. And there, it's a gym everywhere. It's a gym to every elementary school. In America, you could go, you don't have to go to high school. There's a 10 foot gym and your little sister's elementary school. You can shoot on There's one in a park. There's one in a gym that your dad goes to. You can dribble in your driveway and get good at basketball. So like this, this narrative that you can't uh, like, you can't be a certain race or from a certain country, be good at basketball. is just a fallacy. I mean, and the, the best player that- in the league is, uh, a big unathletic over. And he looks nothing like the way <laughs> if you were at a tryout and it was just it just was that player versus air. Like you just say, hey, I got all the NBA scouts are sitting around the, the court and Jokic is going up and down the floor by himself doing all of his best moves. And then you get Anthony Davis out there and you get Carl Anthony Towns out there and they're all doing their best moves. And Oh, he made it. Yeah, he hit the bank shot. 
off the goal, the NFL, off the goal post and in the in the the goal. NFL is scripted. The commercial before this had uh like a little doink 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 thing. The NFL scripted commercial. Yeah. Uh, so, so 16, 16, We have overtime in Jersey. So that that's the uh that's the 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 the. I think that's the USA's biggest problem is that this they have this expectation. So that, do you think that the so so when we talk about how the rest of the world has caught up, do you think that it's a little bit overstated? Yeah, I think it's overstated because holistically, if you took if you took our top fifty high school prospects, we'll say our top twenty high school prospects, and then you went and you went to the top. 20 high school age prospects of Germany, France, Spain, and just simply match. I think we would be good to go. But a lot of those guys played professionally at like 14, 15, 16. Right. So Luca was already on the professional team at 16. Rubio was on a professional team. So you just get more. It's like a professional golfer versus amateur golfer. You're going to get a professional coach. You're going to meet other professional golfers. They're going to give you professional level tips. You're going to meet their coaches. You're going to get the, the, that, that level of competition is going to be different. Whereas our prospects are 18-year-old kids playing high school or they play in some kind of travel organization. Essentially. So like they might have upper hand. I don't think that the rest of the world holistically is better at basketball than Americans because if that's the case, like if you look at football, tackle football, we would dominate. If the tackle football is in the Olympics, it wouldn't be a country on earth. They could be just because we have all the equipment. It's intrinsic to what we do. But that's why European African nations beat the rest of the world in soccer and South American nations because they have an intrinsic agenda to be really, really, really good at soccer. Right. Basketball, if they're going to allow NBA players to play in these quote-unquote amateur tournaments, we're always going to have the upper hand simply because there's only a couple of guys that are really, you got Embiid, Giannis, Luka, Jokic, uh, even another foreign guy that's like at the top of this league. I got those four. Luka, Embiid. Those are the four. Those are the four guys. <laughs> And they're all they're from four different countries. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, I could throw you Devin Booker, I could give you Kyrie, I can give you, I can Tatum. roll out Tatum, I can roll out Jalen Brown, I can roll out John ja Moran, I can roll out Zion Williamson when healthy, I can roll out AD, I can roll out, you know, like throw Austin Reeves back at the Anthony Edwards back out there. Like I said, I said Dame Lillard, even Tyler Hero. I think a guy like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. I think those are the kind of guys you need every once in a while. You need Duncan Robinson, your JJ Reddick kind of guy. You need right. a guy that, that comes in that's gonna make the back cut. I'm not sure how many times I've ever seen LeBron like really make a back cut and get a bounce pass from Anthony Davis in all those years they play together. Like he might get a lob. Mm-hmm. I might have seen that, but like just far as I just that making the back cut. That you know, Steph played, getting that layup. So I think that's that's a, a thing that you uh you you could look forward to if oh, you could probably to use that. DeAndre Ayton unless he want to play for the Bahamas. I think he plays for the Bahamas. Him and Buddy Hill probably. Yeah, so that those guys will play for the Bahamas, which like I say, you know, but you you take a guy like Duncan Robinson, 
<laughs> Tyler Hero. Hey, what about my man Christian Brown? Christian Brown, like like a, a scrappy guy. Yeah, you know like the, all the adjectives they Do know the dirty word. white athletes. You know, scrappy, <laughs> yo, Jim I was trying to think about this guy. yesterday. I was trying to think about this yesterday. Why are they always comparing the black dudes to animals and shit? Like he runs like a gazelle. Oh, he's like a cheetah. Like you know, white guy. They be like, yeah. he's so crafty and speedy. Like he just takes off when he hears. The, you know, it's he like works. he just he's just so good in space. That just means he's not fast. He's just like he. Yeah, yeah. we we all know. Like like one of my favorite shows, The League. Uh, That's the only reason the, I know what a Giselle is. The. Uh, <laughs> the uh, what's the character's name? Paul Shear's character's name, Dr. Andre Nosek or whatever. And he's like, hey, I met this doctor, real class act. And it was like, oh, so he's a black guy? They were like, what do you mean? He's like, you described him as a class act. Like, that's a standard as they describe, like, you know, like Tony Dungy. Because, like, the league was all about, like, football. He's like, right. Tony Dungy, Lovey Smith, real class act. It's like Wes Walker, real gym rat. You know, crappy <laughs> guy. You know, stuff like that. So it's like, it's just a standard it's just some of the things that the, the the verbiage that we use, but if you if you think about the makeup of a team, you you need you need to fill guys like that in. Like I would have taken not 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 that I think one guy is better than the other. I just think that I would have had Duncan Robinson instead of Brandon Ingram. I mean, because like I said, Duncan Robinson gives me a different element that Brandon Ingram doesn't, and I get the same thing from. Uh, Austin Reeves, I get from Brandon Ingram. I would keep Edwards because I like his energy. I like his alpha. I, I like his king of the jungle kind of, you know, just. I don't know if I like Bobby Portis on the team. I like Bobby Portis if you just give him a responsibility to be aggressive defensively and rebound. Like that's all I want you to do. If I, if, if you, you're, you're, you're in that Rodman mold, I need you to operate like Rodman. I don't want you taking any jumpers. I want you just down here banging, getting your five or six fouls. I want you to be a nuisance. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's kind of the problem because with him and Jaron Jackson, you have, like, height, but they both want to shoot jumpers. That's the thing. That's the problem. You have to tell them, I don't want you shooting jumpers. I will put you on the bench. So at the tryout, you say, hey, you guys are going to be, if you just take the, we'll just go with the 96, 72, and 10 Bulls, 95, 96. So, like, listen, I need some of you guys to be my Bill Winningtons, my Will Perdue's, my Coup Coaches, my Pippins, Jordans. Edwards, you are the alpha. So, Edwards, Booker, you guys are my go-get-a-bucket guys. All right, my Pippin guys, I need, like, who plays great on-ball defense? Give me Marcus Smart. You know, give me Tatum as a as a, a lengthy defender. Like, listen, Tatum, just play defense for three quarters. Take your shots when they're available. In the fourth quarter, I let you take over. Right, you so real six quick, eight lengths. You know, so so real quick. You know, me and Mister Logical, we always talk about Buffalo and running the ball and all this kind of stuff. You know, so here's some numbers. So James Cook tonight, eleven carries, forty three yards. You know, uh, Latavius Murray, two carries, eight yards. Cool. Damian Harris, one carry, three yards. Hardy, one who used to be hurt. I think he he did like a – it was like a jet sweep. 
And the game is over, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't close your eyes. Don't Holy look at me. I'm not, I'm not looking at you. I'm not looking at you. I'm not looking holy, at you at all. Holy, holy. Come on, man. How you gonna do this to me? Holy, holy, holy. Don't no, don't say, don't say a word. Some oh, that's a hole. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. This did it didn't end the way I think it did. No way. No way. It did. It did. <laughs> it did. No way. It did not. It did not. Mike. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, oh! I so thought he was going to run out of bounds. Yo, I so thought he was going to run out of bounds. I really, oh thought, man! I really thought he was going to run out of bounds. Get Randall Cobb out there with that clean jersey with no sweat on it. Yo. How did that happen? You don't kick it to the middle of the field. You know what I'm saying? Xavier Gibson. Then it turned the lights out on the boys. Xavier Gibson, the hero for the New Go York get the ball. Jets. Go get oh, they somebody got him the ball. I just saw it. Go get the ball. 65-yard punt return to end the game. 22-16 Jetropolitans. I'm telling you, man, they put it in the script, yo. That wasn't a script. Aaron Rodgers get hurt on the first drive. Zach was. So when people say the NFL scripted, this is why I want to slap him. <laughs> well. Well, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no Aaron Rodgers, but, uh, you know, uh, you know who the Jets got next week, right? Well, maybe no Aaron Rodgers. I haven't heard anything yet, but. I don't care. It December did, 3rd, it, they losing, though. It, it didn't look good. It didn't look good, you know what I'm saying? But, uh. But you know who the Jets got next week, right? Denver. They no, Washington got Denver. They come down about five hours away from me and come play the Cowboys. Potentially, oh, potentially with no Aaron Rodgers. Did he step out? Did he step out? Did he step out? Uh, nope. That's what nope. I thought. I thought he was going to run out. Like I, when when I saw it, I was like, I thought they were going to get him out, like right here. And when then, he was at like the, but then I thought they Morris were call, went for a crazy tackle, and then yeah, I thought they were going to call like a, I thought they were going to call like a clip or something. Well, I think if you're in front of them, you're yeah, good. you're fine. But you know, but yeah, you know, um, and then Buffalo comes back home to play the Raiders. Equipment managers hate these kind of games. Like, man, I got to track down all this equipment because everybody threw their headsets, his helmets everywhere, his headsets. Yeah. Right. You know, Xavier Gibson, the rookie from Stephen F. Austin. Oh, he didn't touch him. 65-yard touchdown on a punt return in overtime. Josh Allen got nobody to blame but himself. Ooh, that's close. They're Josh, talking about it. Josh Allen going to, uh, what's the word, uh, have oh, nightmares. <laughs> It looks like he might have got away with a trip. We'll see. We'll see yeah. what the controversy looks like. Yeah, I think he did, but everybody's gone. Like this is over. Oh yeah, it's 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 done. It's, it's a wrap. Oh, they have a Sports Center top ten chain. 
This is a wrap. It is a wrap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, third punt return in NFL touchdown in overtime history in the NFL. The rookie from Stephen F. Austin making an impact. Jordan Whitehead living up in Josh Allen's nightmares tonight. Zach Wilson looking like a trust fund kid with no facial hair. Zach Wilson, your reward for winning this game is to try to stay out of the arms of Micah Parsons. Yo, Dallas looked ridiculous yesterday. It looked yeah. unfair. The like, offense didn't even have to do anything. Dak Prescott got one of the player of the game like balls. And at the end of the game, you know, interviewing who was like, I don't even know why I have this. He's like, this belongs to the defense. But they gave out three. So they gave one to him, one to Pollard, and one to the defense. And he was like, uh, I don't even know why I have this. This belongs to the defense. Because he was like 13 for 24. Um, Yeah. Like, when I saw, like, when you think about it, you think about an offseason signing. Like, for instance, let me think. If Calais Campbell would have signed with Kansas City, and they re-signed Chris Jones. It doesn't sound glamorous. But then you put it on the field and you're like, wait a minute. You can't run up the middle on these guys. And it's gonna be tough to pass protect. Well, because you have because you have, you know, Chris Jones and Clay's Campbell on the field at the same time. So last night I'm watching the game and I'm like, they got Stephon Gilmore, former defensive player of the year, opposite. Trayvon Diggs, uh-huh. who was uh-huh. like in the running for defensive play of the year, but he just gave up too many yards. Yeah, led the league. Even on a fumble that he caused, he gave up the yards, but he just got the fumble. Right. So it was like, and who they still got Micah. Do that? They still got Michael Parsons on a rookie deal. The Marcus Lawrence on a three or four year old. Well, even well, even like on offense, you know, they I mean not I mean he stays hurt a lot, but even on offense, they let him get Brandon Cooks. Yeah, but the what offense you can have too much. You can have too much because like none of them did anything. Like for granted, the score was 20. Well, I mean, they didn't need to. Yeah, they yeah. like they the defense just set the tone and they just ran the ball. Yeah, so if Jerry Jones just simply, he won't, he won't, he won't, he won't just sit there quietly and go into the night quietly. He's going to say, you know. He's going to say, I like what we got here. And this, this, this reminds me of the, 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 the Super Bowl championships that we won back in the 90s with. Russell Maryland and Leon led and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. You know, MVP Larry Brown. And, you know, like Neil O'Donnell is throwing him. Like, man, were you throwing the hit trust to him? See, that's what. See, that's what I thought the NFL was scripted. I was like, he did that shit twice. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they had to be using the wrong word in the huddle. Like the word might have been snap, and then the wide receiver thought it was pap, and he was running a go. He should have turned it off. It's like, man, I said snap. Like, I man, I thought you said pap. I'm like, listen, this is the second time today. <laughs> That we did this, um, but yeah, he threw it right to him. Then he went to he went to the, I think it was the L.A. Raiders at that time, maybe the Oakland Raiders. Got a nice little free agent deal, and it never and was it, heard from no, again. Yeah, no. Never heard from him again. Did the Namdi Osmawa before it was Namdi? 
Yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, you know, Sam, we had to see you through this game. It was too much going on. Oh, my goodness. I still can't believe I'm going to have to watch that highlight like six or seven times because there's no way that that should have broke. But, you know, (laughs) but, yo, you know, sports reports is ordered. Like, review, subscribe. Happy birthday, Mr. Logical. Yeah. Love you, America. 42. Yes, sir. (laughs) See you on Thursday. Peace.